Welcome to another episode of No Stingy Energy, man. It's early in the morning. It's early, man. It's early. Rise and shine, rise and shine. Hey, man, what's going on, man? How you feeling? Huh? What's going on? How you feeling, bro? Man, I'm feeling good, bro. Uh, I'm honestly feeling pretty good, bro. Uh, It's it's funny, man, because... my project, you know, my construction project, bro. They, they, you know, they knocked that framing out like two, three days. Nah, they knocked it out like eight days total. You know what I'm saying? Both flows to the roof. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy, bro. Like they did the finishing touches on it yesterday. Shout out my guy TM in the building. You know, they did some finishing touches on it yesterday, but it's completely finished. And uh, what was so exciting about that, man, is like, damn, what oh, what made me think is that, bro, it took me longer just to get the foundation approved by the city than it did for me to build a whole damn house, bro. That shit is crazy. Gotta be, man. Gotta have that. that gotta be. Gotta, gotta have all your documents in place. Everything gotta be in place. The paperwork take longer than the bill, man. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. But it was it, it was just small little bitty things. That was the thing too. It wasn't like anything major. It was just, just small stuff. But you got to get it done. You got to get yeah. it done. Not gonna lie though, that's the best feeling though, when the actual thing that you had on paper actually come to life. Ah, oh, bro. Yeah, bro. And I got a bunch of them coming back to back, back yeah. to back. You know. Really, man. Yeah. Shout really out to uh, in the building. Yeah, it'd be quick. It'd be. It's crazy how quick it is to frame a house, man. But yeah. all the details take a little time. Yeah, man. So what y'all got next? Um, uh, rough plumbing, rough electrical. Rough plumbing, rough electrical. Uh, roof and siding. Windows. You know, we're gonna do probably do roof and siding first. Then rough plumbing, electrical, all those things. Um, getting that done. I'm also gonna add Ethernet in in this this particular bill, um, which is a new thing. That I'm really gonna I'm I'm gonna be adding, huh? For a smart home. Yeah, for a smart home. I'm gonna be adding stuff. I ain't gonna lie to you, oh, <clears throat> that I don't even know if I'm gonna get an ROI on. Practice for later. Uh, it's more so it's be yeah, a practice for later, but more so I just feel like it's a couple things, right? I want to differentiate myself and what we're doing at first choice development. Uh I want to differentiate ourselves in the market as a leader. As somebody who is willing to give more up front. And I want to be known that, you know, if you get a first choice development house, not only is it going to be extremely quality, right? They're not going to cut any corners. Um, They're also going to add in some things that no other builders are adding in. And so Mm -hmm. I want to be, I want to be of the first to be, you know, leading the charge, you know, and and I'll be honest with you. It may cost me, you know, four or $5,000, Maybe even more in profit to be able to make that happen, but I'm all right with that. Maybe even ten. Maybe bring a return later. I hope so, but I you could be known for something. Yeah, I want to be known for something. You know what I mean? And uh, and I hope that lead. I hope the market appreciates. Yeah, those that that attention to detail because we want to be a lot. We want to be one of the most energy efficient um, companies uh, in Houston. In terms of energy efficiency, that's going to be a key. And we also want to be one of the smartest homes, home builders uh, in the industry. And that's that's going to be a staple. 
that's going to be a staple. But listen, my name is Byron, real estate investor out of Houston, Texas, primarily focused on the wholesale space, do a little bit of creative finance, fix and flip, new construction, new to the build to rent space, and definitely excited about it. And uh, and just to highlight something too, you know, even though I say that I am new to the build to rent space, I did not go into the build to rent space green. I partnered with somebody that had decades of experience and it's multi-generational experience as well. Um, and so that makes a difference because, you know, with my, with the things that I know, um, I know how to market. I know how to, to interface with the marketplace, but I don't necessarily know how to run a successful construction company as of right now. You know what I mean? I, I partner with somebody who already does that successfully and has been doing that successfully and has a track record of that. And I was just able to come in and add uh, my expertise to help further that uh, venture. So just want to add that for anybody that may be in the audience thinking about starting something new from scratch. You don't have to do that. There's a lot of people you can just partner with that uh, that you can add value to um, to help grow. So I just want to. How you find them? They got a million contracts from Texas. It's a million contractors. <laughs> they had every home deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've worked with him before. I worked with him before. We had a good working relationship. And uh, I saw some deficiencies. Uh, not really some deficiencies, but I saw some areas of growth that I, I knew that I could add value to. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to add some value right here, right here, right here. You know, and we're going we're gonna to make this work. Nice, nice, nice. I'm trying to I'm trying to go live for the next 30 days on this. Ooh, see how it works. Um, hey, I salute. I salute. I haven't done that since like I ain't never done 30 days straight, but yeah, I seen Vina that's, been that's on lot. that. Vina been on that heavy. Yeah. Yeah, Vina. She go in the morning though, right? But she be, I don't know when she be going all the time. I get alerts every time, every now and then. I didn't I didn't jump in there on accident, like cause I'm doing something else and boom, yeah. I'm I'm in there. I ain't gonna lie, I hate that when you jump on somebody live on action. <laughs> I'm always jumping on somebody live on yeah. action. Like, like damn, crazy. man. But I hate that good. I'm here. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to be here, but I guess I'll support you for about two minutes and I'm gonna go ahead and slide out. So, <laughs> 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 man, we got, you know, we got some good things intro? going on. Yeah, we got some good things going on as well, man. Trying to wrap up some clips. Um, we got a, I got a free meetup. I ain't in a meetup. I got a free, kind of like mastermind. What we did in Texas for my students, March 9th. It's going to be a good time. Chantel, you going to be there? Where you at, Miss Chantel? Where you, where you at? TM, y'all going to be there? It's going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be a good time, man. We're talking about development, fix and flip. Same guy I was telling you about I need to introduce you to? Yeah. You're going to be there. Um, talking about fix and flip. And guess what, man? Creative finance. We got two ladies. We'll be the speaker. You know, we got to highlight Ooh. the women, man. Yeah. The women, the women coming up in the real estate industry, man. It was, it was, it was a male leading industry bro. for a long time. So the women coming up, bro. We got a woman talking about creative finance. We got Courtney Fricky. And then we got uh, another lady talking about fixing flips. So she used to be a school teacher. Now she's fixing flips. So, uh, you know, it's very relatable to a lot of people. But um, my name is O'Neill Parker, real estate investor, entrepreneur out of last year, Louisiana. I've been investing in real estate since 2016, full-time entrepreneur since 2020. All things real estate, we love passive income, love rentals. Um, that's me, owner of Leverage to Wealth. Teachers who are leverage with their life, currently in their business, to get wealthy in real estate. 
that's what I do. And I enjoy teaching people how to get into real estate with little or no money. Teach people, I like to teach people how to start businesses with little or no money. And uh, that's what I truly enjoy, man, because it's very possible to start and scale a business and get lack of funds. You know what I'm saying? It's very obtainable. But you got to put the work in. You got to be consistent. You got to use resources. You got to maybe leverage the thing. You got to leverage your job, leverage your credit, leverage other people's experience, other people's time. But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know, sometimes people just can't figure it out. And it could be right there in front of you. Uh, it's going to be March 9th, uh, D. If you send me send me a DM on Instagram, I I see the details. March night, of course. You know, every time I'm part of something, we bring the good vibes, the good music, good education, good liquor. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna be all the things. Just that's every time. Yeah. It's gonna be a whole no stingy energy situation. I remember for the last one, man, it was my it was part of my birthday thing. I was drunk and sick, man. I still had a good time. <laughs> yes, indeed. I was drunk and sick. That's the type of vibe we're gonna bring. But uh, shoot me a DM on Instagram. Uh, DM out there because you be you be going to do all of the lot, right? Got Kiki in the building. What's going on? Uh, you know, and shout out. You know, and it's funny, man, because um, you know we talking about Black History Month since we we have not highlighted a lot of uh, dope <laughs> Black history. You know what I'm saying? But uh, damn I, old, do, I like, you know, another black woman that's killing it. Oh, I don't even think too many people have heard about this. And the reason why I got excited about highlighting this man is because it's not enough people that have heard about her. And I think she's dope. And um, it, here's the lady, Dr. Hadea, <laughs> Dr. Hadea Nicole Green. Right. You know, you, you ever heard of this this, this woman? <laughs> What's crazy is what's that? I thought you were about to say uh Nia Coop or <laughs> Kelly Rowland the movie. Nah, 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 That's funny. But nah. You watch anybody movie? ever heard of this lady right here? If you've heard of this lady, put a number one in the chat. I just want to see. Nah, I don't know who that is. Did she find a cure to cancer? She she actually she actually did. <laughs> I mean that ain't good. <laughs> if they if they hear about that. They might go on ass down. They do not want that to pass, bro. I'm glad you mentioned that because here's the deal. Right. So not only has she found a cure to cancer, right, um, through some type of light uh, laser treatment that she utilizes, some nano nano uh, particle laser treatment. But um, the issue is, number one, she found like what you said, she found a cure to cancer. That's a problem. Number one, nobody wants the cure. They want a treatment. All the pharmaceutical companies like treatments, no cure. Like yeah, they don't want the cure. Yeah, too much money. Ain't no money in the cure. So that's a problem, right? So she's found a cure and she's having some difficulty. Oh, she's having some difficulty finding uh 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 well, she's finding funding, but not enough funding to take the the uh the cure to the to, to clinical trials with human beings, right? And uh, I think that's a shame. I think I think she should be able to do that. But here's the deal. What I'm realizing um, as I'm kind of reading through her story, man, I don't know if too many people are interested. A lot of the companies that have the funding uh, to fund this kind of stuff, they're not interested in, in cures, bro. Just not interested in cures. They're uh, more so interested in um, treatments. Yeah. 
say the least. <laughs> no cures, just treat treatment. But just imagine though, if somebody would put it out there, they get every get it all approved. They can actually start selling it. Well, uh, they 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 gonna run a lot of people out of business. Bro. But oh, I yeah. know if they find a cure. Well, I know they got the cure out there. Magic Johnson still pumping. Alive. Well, yeah, AIDS, they've been, they've been, yeah, that one, yeah, they've been knocked yeah. that one out. Yeah, they got it's some Ill. treatments for that, that that I hear that completely eradicate HIV, AIDS, all that. So that's, that's, yeah. Dumb. But I know it's, I know it's super expensive because they're going to have to recoup the funds that they're missing out on from all the, all the other stuff they had, all the treatments. That, bro, the medical industry, pharmaceutical and all that, that's a big industry, bro. Yeah. That's and a lot of lives, politicians. Man. That's some billions of dollars, man. And if yeah. you find cures for things, you putting people out of business. You putting stock market go down. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of a lot of things attached to medicine, bro. A lot of nurses ain't gonna be nurses no more. Yeah. A lot of doctors may not be doctors no more. So that's a lot of money in that industry, bro. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it, bro, you, um, you know, um, it's gonna be interesting to see. I've also heard of some a couple other people. Uh, that have uh, found some pretty promising uh, tr- uh, treatments for cancer as well. And it's just, you know, we're just reporting the news. Um, and so you just want to look, you know, keep on the lookout. It's also um, a couple of doctors have found some cures for uh, sickle cell. Sickle mm. cell is another one that is making that's some huge. amazing headway. Absolutely. Especially in the black community. That's huge. Absolutely. And, and so, so, you know, it's just amazing, bro, that we live in a time where, diseases that would take whole populations out um or we're not finding like very successful treatments and cures for i think that's extremely dope i really do mm-hmm. and the fact that it's a black woman she and she a black woman black woman too you know what i mean she's not like you know <laughs> she, you know she's a real black woman you know um d- doing that um it, it's super super dope Quality black woman. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I like it, man. I like it. Hey, man. I watch, I know it's kind of off topic, but I watched two quality movies this week. Uh, which one you watch, bro? You talking about Black History? Yeah, let's talk about Tyler it. Tyler Perry Joy. That was good, bro. A lot of people got Mia Cooper. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah, I need watch to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I need- you should watch it, bro. I'm gonna watch. But nah, for real. Let me see. Let me put it up real quick. This is a movie that a lot of people should watch. A lot of people should um, show their daughters this movie. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This this is another good movie. A lot of people have never probably never heard about. And it's a this is based on a real situation, bro. I'm gonna need our good clean sis. Huh? I'm gonna need our good clean sis Kelly Rowland to get some boundaries though. Okay. Kelly Rowland did that thing though. But this, hey, Byron, this movie right here, bro. Yeah. A lot of ladies need to look at that. Man. A lot of a lot of women need to Kimba. Yeah, it's based on a real story. Okay. Shout out to the Deltas on you know this one. Yeah, I did watch this too. Yeah, Delta Sigma Theta was all over this. You know. Bam, reason, I'm saying, nope, like, it sucked. <laughs> I don't know about this one, but the reason why a lot of people should should, should watch this, a lot of you know men, men and women should show their daughters, bro. Sometimes you be falling for the wrong guy, man. Mm. This dude was selling drugs and shit in college. Tag along, start beating her. 
You know what I'm saying? Started trap. So the cops started looking for him. They started leaving, just going from city, 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 state to state. And uh, she was like, "I want to go home." Went back home. She got caught up in his shit. She got twenty four and a half years jail, bro. And she ain't selling not one drug. My Jesus. But it's based. It's based off a real movie. Oh my. Yeah, it's Kimber that went to Hampton. Yep, yep. You know, falling for the wrong person, you know what I'm saying? Falling for the wrong person to set you up. And that was a good girl, bro. Yeah, you know, um, you know, listen, (laughs) I can appreciate, you know, all different artistic forms. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you know, I'm a good movie. I appreciate me some good movies, man. Every now and then. Every now and then. You know, but I just want to highlight, man, that it's a lot of folk killing it in their space. Um, you know, especially those women that's finding cures for cancer. That is crazy. Um, that is crazy finding cures for cancer. Um, I think that is, that is dope. Definitely keep her on your radar. If you find it in your heart to donate to the sister, you know, um, uh, you know, go ahead and donate. I don't even know, um, all of the details on it, on how to donate, you know, but I, I'm probably going to donate to her. Um, but I want to just make sure everything, make sure I'm on the right page first. So don't donate until I find out if, uh, hey, this is the right way to donate. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't know what, I just pulled something up, but, uh, the fact that, you know, I just want to find out and I really want to reach out to the sister, uh, Oh, and see if we can get her on. And then that way we can get it directly from her, like how we can help support her cause. I think it's an amazing cause that she's fighting. And I do see that she's going to be dealing with a lot of uphill battles to get that done, bro. Because, you know, the the powers that be are not interested in cures as much as they're interested in treatment, bro. And especially from a black woman who is trying to get that done, bro. They ain't ain't trying to hear that, bro. Like Dr. O know a little bit more about it. Yeah. Dr. you want to talk a little bit more about it if you don't mind? Because we don't know. Yeah. Like she got a good thing going. She just needs some, some support from the community. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. Did y'all hear about the billionaire that uh, gave one billion dollars to one of the schools? Who are you talking about, P. Diddy? No, it's a um, it's a white lady, but she gave um, one billion dollars, so they get free tuition. Everybody that's attending Wait, one billion or one million, one billion. She gave one billion. Woman, yeah. Wow, a lot of money. So basically, they got free free tuition for like let's just say all the students for two, three years. I guess four years. Hell of a is goal. that what it is? Oh, never mind. We'll be left. But it seemed like that's the type of situation. But man, today we're talking about how to secure funding for your next real estate deal. That was talking about all funding, but that's cool. That's cool. Let, let's start off at the beginning, man. Um, so what's your thoughts, Byron? Let's talk about the person that um, just getting in real estate, zero experience. Credit score is horrible. You know, they got a 560, still trying to figure it out. But they got a decent job making like 60000 a year. What, what, would you, what would your advice be to that person? What type of funding do you think they could get? Uh, and what's your thoughts about that? They try to do a fix and flip. Yeah. Um, 
I'll be honest with you. Oh, I, I, so for me, I didn't come into the game with looking for funding. A lot, lot of the securing funding and all that kind of stuff. I learned that stuff on Clubhouse. Um, I learned a lot of that stuff later in my entrepreneurial journey. And so for me, I always like to speak from my own purview. And mm-hmm. before I was really looking for funding, I was really like investing in my business myself. Like, so my nine to five was my first investor. Right. And what I, what I, what I like about the fact that my nine to five was my first investor is that number one, bro, the way you treat your money, the money you work your ass off for is so different from the way you treat somebody else's money. So that's, that's first, first and foremost. Number two is the discipline that you learn, right? The discipline that you learn from saving your own money will make you, in my opinion, a better steward of somebody else's money. Now I need you to pay attention to me on this because you know what it took for you to produce the money that you produced, And you knew the sacrifices that you had to face uh, in order to produce that money. So when you're dealing with somebody else's, I believe, me personally, I believe you're going to cherish that person's money a whole lot better. Number three is, I'm a firm believer, bro, that you need to figure, get proof of concept before you start spending a bunch of money. So let 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 me give you an example, right? Say, for instance, right, you start a business, right? And I've started many businesses. And I'll be honest with you, bro. Luckily, I have been successful at a lot of the business ventures I've started. But here's the deal. I've stopped a lot of those businesses because what I found in those businesses, I was like, you know what? Either this business is not vertically integrated as much as I would want it to be, or this business doesn't serve me the way that I feel it should serve what I'm trying to do, or I don't like all of the things that I'm doing in this particular business, even though it made money. Now, that's cool to do when you are utilizing your own funds, right? It's not as cool to do when you're using somebody else's funds because now you've created yourself a trap if you're a person who operates from financial integrity, right? You've created yourself a trap that you have to fulfill even if your heart is not necessarily in it like how you thought it was, because let's be real. When you as an entrepreneur, right? You as an entrepreneur, you get into a space where you're looking to grow. You get into a space where you're looking to grow. You're going to have to love it to a level to where you're going to do those uncomfortable things. You're going to love it enough to make those uncomfortable decisions make those uncomfortable choices. You're going to have to get up when you may not have felt like it because that love, that passion is going to have to fuel some of those early efforts. And I I think, man, that before you start soliciting funds for a business, I believe you need to be soliciting yourself for a proof of concept first. Get a proof of concept. Find out, number one, that you can make money in this business. And I believe you don't all the time need money. You need creativity. You need grit to do that. Make some money in the business. Get a proof of concept of it. Find out if you even like this business. 
then you start looking for money to grow the business. That's just my opinion. What's your thoughts on that, though? Shit, I agree 100%. I always tell people, you got to learn how to make money inside of the business before you try to go seek some money. You don't know how to make no money. Once you get the money, you ain't going to know what to do with the money. How are you going to grow the money once you get the money? I always tell people, you got to learn how to start a business from zero. Not all businesses need money. Like you said earlier, you need create creativity. If you have create creativity and hustle, you can make some money in the business. Like every business I started was less than $100. You made the shit pop. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people think it's, it's money that's needed. It's not really money that's needed. It's hustle that's needed. If you don't have no hustle and you got money, you're still going to lose money. You know what I'm saying? If you, when you don't have no money, that's when you think of all kind of bright ideas. When you get money, that's when you throw a lot of money at, at ideas. That shit don't, it, it don't align. Because some things that's, that's needed to be done in the business, they don't need money. They need you to actually take action. And then whenever a lot of people have money, they take less action and just throw the money at the problem. And the money don't solve the problem. The action needed is really what was needed to solve the problem. You get what I'm saying, Brian? Absolutely. That's 100%. Because the more money you get, the more, the more you throw money at the issue. You know what I'm saying? You start hiring the wrong people to fix the issue. Now you just wasting money. You, now you feel like they scammed you. You scammed yourself because you didn't take out the time to figure out if that's the right person for the job. You know what I'm saying? I didn't been there before. Overhired. Hiring too many employees. Don't even need them people. Just thinking that, man, let's just hire somebody else, make sure, you know, they can go ahead and figure it out. So I ain't got to figure it out. But that day and day when you get in the business, you have to figure out all these things. You got to know how everything operates first so you can hire the exact right person for the job and not just be hiring people just to hire people to say, yeah, I got five employees, but they all suck. I mean, you got five liabilities because you got to pay the people. And that's when the money just start going dry. Then you run out of money, you got to figure out how I had $100,000. Four months then passed, now they ran out of money. Because you're making the wrong decision with the money. That's my thoughts about that. I love that. I love that. Because we're talking about securing funding, but we got to lay a foundation always. Always got to lay a foundation. You know, money, I man, look, I believe money is easy. Money is out here. Money is abundant. I believe if you are a person of integrity, you move um, you got a good name out here in these streets. You do business. You do good business by people. You gonna get money. I'm telling you, I'm 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 a firm believer that money is gonna find you. You ain't gonna have to look for it. It's gonna be looking for you. I, right now, right now, I promise you. If I pull up my phone, if if I can show you a log of the of the the phone calls that I get in my phone, right? If if I show you a call log, right? and you just kind of scrolling up on this joint, right? You're going to see a lot of numbers. And a lot of those numbers are people looking to give me their money. Listen, I get solicited with people looking to give me their money all the time. What about you, O? Do you get people looking to send you their money all the time? Yep. Yep. Sometimes I turn people away because I'm not I ready, people, but I don't want I it. I turn 90% of the people looking to give me money, I turn them away. 
90% plus. If I'm not ready for it, I don't have a project for it. Hey, you keep them. I don't want to sit in hold on. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, 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 so I just want everybody to know that the funding piece is going to be the easy piece whenever we're looking to secure funds. But what we want to do is put ourselves in position to where our creativity, right? And our business acumen creates the opportunity instead of the money. Because I promise you, if you put the money in front of that creativity and your business acumen, it's a high likelihood that not only are you going to be in debt, right? But you are going to potentially be in a situation where you can potentially burn a relationship if you don't have the money or the resources to pay that back or your integrity is not set up in a way to where you're going to pay that person back. It's just that simple. So I'm I'm a firm believer that we lean heavy on our creativity. Oh, I'm actually running into the situation right now, um, growing this... Um, growing this construction company and getting it where it needs to be. Um, you know, we are looking to hire, right. Uh, a few people, but, but I'm also real, real cautious about hiring people. Um, because mm. at the end of the day, bro, like I want to be able to not only make a certain amount of money, but I also want to make sure that anybody that I hire is the absolute rock star. I don't want mediocre folk. You know, like mediocre folk, bro, can be like, bruh, like that shit is a bill. Let me tell you something. Mediocre team members is a bill. Period. You do not make a profit uh, or or ROI on mediocre folk. You need a team full of rock stars. And I'm a firm believer, man, especially when you now when you new in the business, you don't even know what that look like. You don't know what it's like to have a rock star person on your team. You know what I mean? But when you've, when you've grown in business for a while, you'll start recognizing that, you know what, we got rock stars and then we got people who are just time suckers and they just burning up your clock and burning up your bank account, trying to get a check without providing little to no value. Anything that you do, anything that they do, you got to ask them a million times and all of the things. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that, that ain't the type of person that you want on your squad. Uh, you want people who are self-directed uh, and, and, and all of the things. So I say I'll let to say this. A lot of the things that we're going to talk about in terms of securing funding, we first want to look at, we first want to look at getting our business acumen in place, right? Our creativity in place uh, um, better before we start securing a bunch of funding, because the funding, when you got your, it's kind of like, you know, they, you ever heard the analogy? Oh, um, you never have to chase women when you chase in purpose. Hey, hey, oh, <laughs> oh, nah. Wait a minute. Nah. I'm just saying, you never right, have nah. to chase women when you're chasing your purpose. Cause you women, the women chase the man after his own purpose. But the difference mm. is just like banks, banks gonna always chase the business owner who got his affairs in order yeah, stuff together every time. Every the time. Bank really chase people that really don't need the money. Facts. The people that need the money, guess what? The lender's going to keep on running. <laughs> Crazy how that goes. That's how it goes. But, but that's a good thing, man. Look, if you're looking to borrow money from anybody, you got to have a solid foundation. You got to be credible. 
you actually got to do what you say you're going to do. And guess what? If something happened, things happen in business all the time. If something happened, it's up to you to have that communication. Hey, look, this didn't happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. You know, my apologies. I'm coming to it. I'm coming to you now. You got to make that hard call ASAP. You know what I'm saying? If something happened, don't wait a month, two months down the line. Look, hey, man, 60 days ago, we didn't have, why you ain't communicating? You mean to tell me you don't run and hide and ghost people with their money? You mean to tell me no, that? No, man, you can't do that. You mean to tell me you have to stand 10 toes down? You got to make them hard calls, bro. You may be nervous, you may be sweating, but that's just good business. People like clear communication, bro. If something happens, look, man, this will happen. You can show the receipts show the text message of what it is. I just want to be honest and transparent. This would happen. So we may, you know, if we may need to do a 45, 60 day extension, whatever, if you open to it, you know, I, I definitely appreciate it. Whatever you need me to compensate you for, for that extra time, you can go ahead and do that. That's all you got to do. If you do that, well, them people going to want to throw money at you because that's the type of people people want to work with. People that got clear communication, Clear expectations. Shit happens in business all the time. Shit happens in life all the time. Just you got to communicate the issue. When you do that, people trust you. They know that you care about their money. They know that you genuinely care about your business. Now, once you start not answering the phone, not texting back, that's a weird situation. That's like, I'm done with you, bro. Nobody want to chase their money. I don't, I don't care if they're a billionaire and they, they lend it $50,000. But nobody want to chase no money. Facts. That shit is a headache. And most people, you know, just to put it out there, most people who have money, right, they, they also had adversity. They also know At that one point, nothing is cookie cutter. Right? And they understand that, shit, you're going to have cycles in business. And so, and sometimes the cycles are going to be good. And sometimes they're going to be bad. So keeping it real with people has always, always worked out better. Always. And you get to, you know, get to look at them people in the face, you know, shake them people's hands with a certain level of integrity, knowing that at the end of the day, you did 100% right. You did 100% yeah. right by them folk. It's a powerful thing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So that's the first thing, man. You gotta get, gotta have a solid foundation. So let's go back to the example. You got a legislative five fifty. You got a job. <coughs> um, what else was it? Five fifty a job, and you trying to get some funding. All right. <coughs> My bad, y'all. <coughs> Damn. We got plenty of ways to do it. All right. You have a job. 550 credit score, and you got an opportunity. First, you got to identify if the opportunity is actually a good opportunity. If you can make money on, let's say, a real estate deal, a flip, they have lenders out there that will lend you money based off the asset, not really based off your credit. But you still got to have some type of money because they're going to need the down payment. Right? Most people need 10%, 20%. If you're in that position, you got a 550 credit score, you got to flip. You have to put more money because you're it's a high risk on a deal. So I would always suggest the first flip, I would say the first two flips that you do, you need to partner with somebody that has experience. Again, 
if you stop being greedy, you need the experience so you can do it on your own later. Because there's going to be an opportunity for you to make 30, 40, 50,000. Can I add to that oh. too? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Add to it. Um, the reason why partnering with somebody is dope. Um, another reason why, on top of what O just mentioned, was the, the people, the subs, right? You got to understand, you going out there in the wild jungle to go find contractors and subcontractors and all that. I'm telling you, them people going to know you green. Them people going to know. And they also going to know that you may be only a one-time business opportunity for them, right? Partnering with somebody who has already tested those subs, who's already done business with those subs, or have already vetted all of the bad subs is invaluable because that's going to save you headaches that you don't even know that you're going to have because at the end of the day, they've already been through all of the bad subs. They know who all the trash people are, and you ain't got to deal with them, you see? Um, and, and for whatever reason, oh, I don't know what it is, man. The worst contractors in the world's got the best sales pitches. Oh, yeah, so sure. It's just like the best scammers in the world got the best. They did the best at closing. Oh, my Jesus. Bro, like them trash contractors, bro, they will sell you a river the in the Sahara Desert. <laughs> <laughs> they got it all figured out. Facts. But, yeah, go ahead, oh. They be the one to tear your ass up. But yeah, man, that's the number one thing, man. Um, when you know getting into business, real estate in general, for those first two to three flips, get yourself a qualified partner in your area. Reason being, they ain't been through the fire that you go you about to endure already. You, you you if you do it yourself, the potential profit could have been fifty thousand, but you might walk away with five thousand. You could have stuff that you ain't never seen before. The budget gonna be blown. I'm gonna tell you right now, you do a freaking flip, your budget will be blown. Especially if you do it by yourself. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You think it's gonna be fifty thousand the, the the scammy contractor told you it's gonna be fifty thousand to fix. The fifty thousand turned to eighty thousand real quick. Now you need thirty more thousand. You don't know how to get the thirty more thousand because you ain't got no money. You know what I'm saying? So that's why it's important. To partner with somebody, first two or three deals to get experience, to learn the ins and outs, learn the ins and outs of funding, learn the ins and outs of contracting, learn the ins and outs of what to look for, what not to look for, learn how to get quality material at a cheaper price, learn what stores to go to. Home Depot and Lowe's is not always the best stores to go to for certain materials. You may have to go to a lumberyard to get cheaper wood. The lumberyard wood is going to be cheaper than Lowe's and Home Depot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Toilets may be cheaper at a, at, a, at a small warehouse than it is at Lowe's and Home Depot. The same $120 toilets may be $80 at, at somewhere else. So, you know, not all good things are on Amazon. Sometimes you need to order two, three weeks before you even need the material off of Amazon, like your, your faucets, your fixtures, your lights, things like that. If you don't know when to order it, now you got project delays. You know what I'm saying? So all that comes into you partnering with the right person and you making more money on the back end because if you ordering stuff the same day they need it, now they got to wait two or three days for it to come in. You're wasting time and time is money. But if you order it two or three weeks before you need it, whenever they need it, you already got it. And you paid less for the more quality material because Amazon got quality material at a cheaper price than loads of Home Depot. Like the faucets I get be $30. Home Depot is $120. I'm saving $100 right there. So you got to find every way how to save money 
when you're doing a fix and flip because all that money that you're saving, it's going to have to go somewhere else. Once you bust some walls open, that's when everything goes to hell. You be like, damn, I ain't, I ain't know all this is behind the walls. Got termite issues. Got uh, uh, galvanized plumbing. Now you got a chance to pick. You know, it's a lot of different things. So every time you get a construction quote from anybody, I always, I always add an extra on top, five to 10000 depending on how, how big the project is. What's your thoughts about that, B? You absolutely have to. <laughs> you 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 absolutely you know it's funny man because uh i'm actually hiring i'm, I'm gonna give y'all a, a quick little gym so the person that i'm looking to hire right uh i've been i've went through i don't know how many people um i found one person that i like um but um uh, you know i just wasn't all the way sold right but the, the person i'm looking to hire is a person that will do um, takeoffs, which is budgets, right? Because what I want to do as a marketer for this new construction company, I'm coming in primarily with the marketing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to be over the social media aspect of the business. Um, and then I'm also going to be a part of, uh, you know, helping generate leads for the sales apparatus. And a part of that is making um, offers, right? And doing bids. And so the person I'm looking to hire is going to be somebody that's extremely good at doing bids, right? And they'll do a takeoff. And what a takeoff is, as I say, for instance, you bring your project to me and um, and you need, you're doing new construction. Well, you'll send me your plans. I'll look at the plans. I'll send it off to my takeoff team and they're going to give me an exact breakdown of every single thing it's going to cost, right, to do that project. Another piece that that person is going to do, and it's the reason why hiring a rock star is critically important, is they're going to also do they're going to do sourcing, product sourcing. And what product sourcing is, is going to all of the different vendors that we work with and finding the best prices on every single piece of material. And why so the best, is, best quality material at the best price? Then. Best quality material at the best price. That's the person that we're looking to hire. So they're going to do our takeoffs and they're going to do our um, product sourcing. And yeah, basically an estimator, uh, bam, bam. And the reason why I think this is going to be the dopest first hire is because, again, they're directly tied to money. Because I can go out and just sell, 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 promote, 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 promote. And then I can give people high quality bids where I know for a fact that we're going to profit from day one because we're going to have the best material at the best price. And I think that is critically important. And here's the thing. Oh, you know, Amazon may have the best price today. But what if we find another price from Walmart or from what's called a Lowe's? down the line because it's on sale. So we, it's a constant thing. So I need this person constantly looking for the best prices constantly, nonstop. Right. Uh, and so I'm developing a system to be able to do that specifically. I think you're on, on, um, on Muto. Yeah. That's important because prices do change every day. You know what I'm saying, And if you're not on top of it, again, you may be paying too much on material. That's important. That's another thing when getting into real estate, man. You got to actually learn how much material costs. If you don't keep track of that, you're paying too much for shit, bro. And that will bite you in the ass later. That will bite you in the ass later. Let's talk about this. Um, 
let me get on this website real quick. I just want y'all to see it. I, I'll tell y'all right now, I never did business with this website, but I just think it's good. It's a good representation so y'all can see uh, what type of lenders they have. I, I'm not promoting this website. Again, I'm just using it for representation. That's it. <laughs> that is it. All right. Let's see. So hard money. All right. They say right here, no money down real estate loans as possible. I don't believe that. Step-by-step uh, -step approach, flipping, kit for killer profit. They have private money lending with real estate 100% financing needed. So let's be honest. Any hard money loan that you get, you will put some type of money down. Some type of money is going to come out your pocket. It's going to be for appraisal. It's going to be closing costs. It's going to be something. So points. Points. Points you to death, boy. You know what I'm saying? Some money will be coming out your pocket. So I know they got a lot of people that's new, a lot of people that believe what people say on websites, or they, they read out of context. Every time a lender says no money down, that means you're paying more in points. When they say no money down, you could probably pay four to five percent in points. And four to five percent in points means you got a hundred thousand dollar loan, they're charging four percent, that's four thousand right off the bat. After right. the four thousand, you gotta pay their attorney fees, your attorney fees. Because when dealing with hard money, they have their own attorneys, you got your own attorney. You gotta pay for both of them. Processing fees. Processing fees. They're gonna hit you for oh. the appraisal. They're gonna throw their little they yeah. little bit on the appraisal. The extra on top of the appraisal. You paying six to eight hundred dollars for a basic four hundred dollar appraisal. You know what I'm saying? So these are things that you gotta look out for when you're dealing with hard money lenders, private money lenders. And that's a different thing too. You gotta know the difference between a private money lender and a hard money lender. They call hard money private money now, but that's not the same. You got to know the difference. You got to know how to identify the two. So, again, when you read no money, real estate loans are possible. It's bullshit. Don't believe that. All right? Don't even read that. We just need to skip past that because you will have to come out of pocket. If you get a $100,000 loan, you're probably going to come out of pocket. Probably 10000 10, at minimum. At minimum. All right? Um, and this is a hard money loan. I advise... Nobody to get no hard money loan if you don't have to. This should be worst case scenario. Reason being, pay more points up front. It could be three, four percent. You got to pay all these fees. Processing fees typically is nine ninety five. It's pretty standard across the board. You got to pay high appraisal. That's out of pocket up front. Probably eight hundred to eight fifty, depending on what market you're in. Um, you got to deal with all kind of shit. It's gonna probably take you. 30 to 45 days to close. They go say they can close in two weeks. They lie. I ain't never seen it happen. Facts. They got a few out there. Um, you go pay more on interest. Interest rates right now, baby, at 6 7%. You go probably pay 8 8 and a half. If you're you know lucky. If you're lucky. Um, I'm not going to lie. Hard money is a headache. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to lie to you. What's your thoughts about hard money, Byron? Hard money is a headache. Um, definitely a headache sometimes because they they've become more like traditional banks. It's the 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 the, the space has drastically matured. Um, you know, I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do believe. I do believe that hard money is a perfect 
strategy for new people. And let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You will pay more, right? Um, but hard money will send you through a ton of different things that will prepare you for your private money lender. Now, if you can yeah. get a private money lender up front, great. But I do believe that that hard money lender is going to be like school for the private money lender. Because I'm going to be honest with you. Through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you on these private money lenders too now. You know, just keeping it a bean. You know, I, I got a call last week <laughs> from my private money lender like, yo, like, you know, um, when, when your next draw is because uh, money looking a little tight right now. We just trying to see. Yeah, like. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, so you so here's the thing with private money, um, with private money, it's dope, but then you're dealing with people, right? You're dealing, you're not dealing with institutions, right? You're not dealing with guarantees. Um, and so yes, on one end, the private money is gonna always, if I got a private money connect, I'm always going with the private money connect because I can negotiate. The bit, the the Everything. ultimate terms, yeah. Like it, it's not even a question. Even if the the private money is a little bit more expensive, right? I'm still going with private, private money because I just know how this business flow. And and at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna keep it a bean with you. I'm gonna keep it a bean with you. If worse come to worse, and I gotta go and pull the money out of somewhere, I can pull the money out of somewhere. I have those kind of resources, right? So so I think that when you are new. And you know you don't have resources. So say for instance, that private money lender say, "Man, look, I can't. I look, I I got two hundred thousand right now, and I know your project is is three hundred thousand, and the other money disappeared. I don't know what we gonna do. You got to figure out that other hundred thousand. The newbie gonna be like, "Yo, my world has ended. They gonna be calling a million people to try to figure out how to come up with this other hundred thousand or their project is going to stall, right? Um, me, I'm going to get on the grind and I'm going to find me either A, another private money lender, or I'm going to just try to figure out a way to make the money myself, right? Produce that income myself. And when you're dealing with private money, I'm going to be honest with you, that is a reality or a potential reality that you may have to deal with. I'm just give, I'm just reporting news here. Just reporting news. But oh, what, what's your thoughts on that? But but I do believe that if you go through hard money, yeah, it's gonna be it's you know these people, you know, they in it for make money. They in it to make money. It, it, they real slick with how they bait you in, and then when you get to the closing table, you find out surprise. <laughs> oh, you gotta pay this too. Oh, whoa, you whoa, say closing cost was ten thousand. I thought this we was free. Twelve. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a hundred percent. Wait a minute. Whoa. So, 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 so just Every prepare time. yourself for that. Prepare yourself to, to, to be surprised when you look at that hood statement. Um, you know, and it just <laughs> is what it is. I do know a couple hard money lenders that are up front and I appreciate them. Um, you know, I, 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 matter of fact, I, a lot of times I promote a lot of the hard money lenders that are straight up. Let me know exactly what I'm going to be paying for at the beginning you know, so we could do this. But let me let me let me just break this down. We're talking a lot about the process and, and all of the different issues with these lenders. But let's be real. A good hard money lender and a good two deals a year can make you a quick hundred thousand dollars in a year. Yeah. yeah. In addition, you gotta to find the money that one that you though. may be making it your nine to five. Yeah. 
So let's, 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 you can easily make an extra hundred thousand. Easy. Easily make a quick hundred thousand, maybe even two hundred thousand if you're aggressive, right? I know, I know people, and I've I've done it myself. You know, made hundreds of thousands just in flips. You know what I'm saying? Quick little flips, right? So, so here's the thing, and and I'm gonna be honest too. Another thing, oh, I ain't gonna say it's easy money. It's not easy money, right? But it's simple if if you do it right. If you if you know kind of what you're doing, right? The first couple of ones you kind of work it with some people, you could easily add a quick fifty to a hundred thousand to your annual revenue quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Easy. So yeah, you're gonna get that hard money, Linda, an extra 10, maybe even 15, maybe even shit, maybe even 20,000. Yeah, you're gonna give us the yeah, yeah. yeah. You may Those do that. 20 for sure. Because yeah, you're gonna give them some bread, but at the end of the day, if it turns around and helps you make, you know, a quick extra 50, 60,000, what can you do with it's that? It's worth it. Yeah, it's worth what it. What can you do with that? That's that I'm happy you said it because you gotta look at the upside. Yeah, sometimes it's the cost of doing business, you gotta pay some up for money, especially if you credit low and you're trying to do it yourself, you will pay more money. But by you paying more money, is making you more money. It's making you and your family another thirty, forty thousand. With that thirty-four, thirty to forty thousand, how could that help you and your family? You know, you could put that to actually fix your credit. You know what I'm saying? Once your credit is fixed, now you can go to a smaller bank and get some clean funding. It ain't no, ain't no hidden secrets. Ain't no hidden, ain't no hidden money. You know what I'm saying? You know exactly what you're paying, and you paying. You only may only may pay three thousand, two thousand, twenty five hundred for the total loan amount. That's it. With all the fees, all the points. Well, yeah, they they charge points, but you only may pay you only may pay three to four thousand for the loan, and not ten to twenty thousand for the loan. That's a and fact. at the end of the day, everybody needs to be set up to do business with small local banks, mid sized banks, because it's easier, cleaner. It's, under, it's more understandable. It's more digestible. Hard money is disgusting money. I'm an angle breed. I ain't gonna lie to you. <laughs> they charge for everything, bro. <laughs> if you want to draw the money, you may have to charge. You may, you may have to pay one fifty. Oh yeah. You gotta, you gotta pay for somebody to go out and take some pictures. The, the inspector. It may be another fifty to seventy five dollars. You gotta pay for their, for their report. You gotta pay for. You pay for everything. And they're not gonna tell you until you need it. Boom. Oh, you need it. Oh, you need you need some drop money. Oh, you gotta do inspection first. Inspection one fifty. To pull this money out that you paid that you used already? Another one fifty. Yeah, we need that. Oh yeah. And another thing with hard money, you have to uh they, they got different hard money lenders out there. Some you have to pay upfront for everything to get done. So let's just say you need a roof done, the roof seven thousand. You have to come out of pocket with that seven thousand, fix the roof. Then the inspector gotta go out, which is typically gonna be like a realtor. They gotta go out there, take pictures, then they gotta turn in. Then you turn around and get the seven thousand back. It may be twenty four to forty eight dollars. So you gotta have some type of money from somebody to actually get this project going. But typically how I do it is I put them a lot of money up front, like for demo. Demo only, demo only may really cost two thousand. I'm gonna say it costs six thousand. So now I got four thousand to play with to float the project. Ooh, later. Let's, talk, let's give them that game, oh. Same get with that, the dumpsters. Let's get that inflated number game. Dumpsters are very expensive. 
You know, a dumpster may be $600. You can put the dumpster $700, You know, so you always want to put the money that you actually need to flood the project in upfront expenses. So if you're framing a house, framing may be $8,000. You're going to say framing was $12,000. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Now you're using that. You have the extra 10000 to float your project. So now you're using the loan money and not your own money. Fact. But you, you gotta, also got to have a good contractor with you that understands that because now you got the money to pay him faster as well because he got to make his input bigger. <laughs> it's, just, it's all a game. Let's, let's get back to the hard money stuff. Um, again, we're not promoting this company. I never use this company. So if you decide to use the people, that's on you. I, I'm not even going to share the name. Y'all see it, y'all see it, y'all don't, y'all don't. Oh, all right. Loans and closing costs. There are closing costs you incur in order to close this loan and purchase a house, such as title insurance fees, insurance. So that's another thing. A lot of title, a lot of hard money lenders, you got to pay the insurance up front. It ain't, it ain't making payments on the insurance. Is is the insurance is is, is three thousand for the year? You got to come out of pocket three thousand for the year. Um, in some cases, slivers may be able to one hundred percent hard money finance the loan. For most real estate hard money lenders, 100% financing means they will lend you uh, borrows up to 100% of the purchase price. For example, a lender will provide 90% financing for repairs costs while the, while the borrower brings the loan and closing costs for, to the transaction. However, we do things differently at the investor. I Offers genuine 100% financing for eligible borrowers. I ain't promoting nobody. Let's see. Watching all these investors go belly up right now. I ain't mad at the hard money folks. They're taking risks. Yeah, that's typically how the hard money loans work, man. And again, if you got five to six hundred credit score, you gotta have some type of money. Sometimes they can bank statement, sometimes they don't. Depending on the lender, you got to come out with some money up front to actually qualify for the loan. So that's why we said earlier, it's good to partner with somebody that has experience because then they can get the loan. They have more experience. Again, if you don't even have experience, they're going to charge you more. If you have zero experience, you don't have three to five flips done in the last 12 to 24 months, they're going to charge you more points. Instead of paying two points, they're going to charge you four to five points. Instead of putting 10% down, they may say, hey, you need 20, 25% down. Because you are a bigger risk. If you are a bigger risk to a lender, you got to pay more money. You got to pay more to play. That's why it's important to partner with somebody that's been through it, the fire before. It's going to be cheaper. Um, any other thing you got to talk about when it comes to hard money, B? Um, I just want to say, I just want to highlight the fact that at the end of the day, um, hard money lenders have helped me make a lot of money, you know, and they helped a lot of people make a lot of money. And yep. at the end of the day, you know, we do what we have to do as business owners to secure funding to help us make more money. It's just that simple. So I, I just want to highlight that. So it, it's no free rise nowhere. So going into any business expecting a free ride, you're not going to get it. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, who cares? You know, who cares? Let's 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 get to the bag and get to the bag. Sometimes you just got to spend a little bit more of a bag to get there. I believe hard money is like some of the best schooling you can get as a new investor because they're going to over prepare you. Uh, from an investment standpoint, they're going to over prepare you to do a deal. 
Now, what do I mean by overprepare you? Number one, they're going to make sure that you have insurance, all of the proper insurances that you have. Yeah. You're going to be overly insured when you're working with uh, uh, a hard money lender. You're going to, they're going to also make sure that you do triple due diligence because they're going to make sure that the property pencils out from a appraisal standpoint. Make sure you're not going to be in a situation where you upside down when your property is, is looking to get sold, right? These are invaluable skills and tools that a lot of other private money lenders are not going to make you have to go through. But trust me, you having to go through those things are going to benefit you. Hard money lenders are not going to lend money to you unless you have all of your permits and all of those things together on new construction or anything of that nature. They're not doing it, right? <laughs> so these are things that you, right, although they can be a headache at the beginning, they really set you up for ultimate success, you know, and you just pay them a little bit more for that success. So I do not want to come on here and demonize hard money lenders because I do believe that m many of these new folk coming into the game need a hard money lender to show them how to work with a private money lender successfully. So. That's true. Yeah, they're going to make sure you're over, you overqualified. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be overqualified when you're working with that hard money lender. This that, That's the upside of it. Yeah, you're going to pay a little bit more, but you're going to definitely know what the hell you're doing after you finish. <laughs> you're going to know how to do it right. It's an absolute fact. It's an absolute fact. Let's talk about uh, local bank funding. So let's talk about how much. I'm going to talk about hard money and then local bank funding as well. Talk about both because both, they pretty much need the same thing, documentation. You're going to need it. Uh, EIN letter. You need the EIN letter from the IRS. You don't need just need the number. You need the actual EIN letter from the IRS. Every time you get any loan, they're gonna need that. They're gonna need your articles of incorporation. Uh, so for me, I put all this in a Google Drive. Name it loan doc because every time you get a loan, they're gonna ask for the same thing. You need to have uh sometimes some people actually get tax returns, some don't when it comes to hard money. I say it's good to have anyway. You don't have to actually send it to them, but it's good to have it one uh, in one place. Need your tax returns for the last two to three years, if possible. Um, if you have a job, sometimes it's good to have your two, last two W-2s. It's good to have your last two check stubs. Have all this on the file so you can just send it out easily. You need to have a, a picture of your ID. Everybody needs a picture of your ID. Um, what else? Articles. I mean, you need to have a, a personal financial statement. Everybody go ask for that. You also need to have, um, what's that she called? Operating agreement, if you have a partner. Some people need an operating agreement if it's just by yourself. They just need an operating agreement in place. Some states need to be notarized, some states don't. If you have multiple partners, you need to have an operating agreement. Who owns what of the business? If you have poor credit, you need to be under 20% owner of that business. If you have great credit, you need to be 80% or more owner of that business on paper. It don't have to be like that for real. Um, that's a lot of, y'all definitely need to get that. Because that's how you get secure funds with the lower interest rates is having somebody that's qualified, they, they make the money, they have the credit. They need to be the majority owner of the actual business on paper. And you need that for our money and local bank funding. All right, so let's move over to working with local and small banks. So I know, uh, what, was your, what was your feedback when you went to, uh, well, let, let's talk to Malachi real quick. Man, what's your thoughts about our money, Malachi? My bad. I didn't, I didn't add your stage. My bad. 
I'm about to get up and leave. <laughs> my, my thoughts are hard money. I mean, it's tough, but if you ain't got no other options, you got to do uh, what you got to do. They're definitely third uh, in the pecking order uh, behind. I, I'd always try to go traditional and then uh, private lender and then and then to them. Uh, I've never had to use them before, but I would, if absolutely necessary, I'd rather pay a high fee and get the deal uh, than not have a deal. I agree with that. I agree with that. So um, why do you choose traditional funding first? When you say traditional funding, I'm guessing you're talking about uh, like small banks in Houston? Yeah, local banks or, uh, you know, credit unions or big banks if you can get them to, uh, to rock with you, depending on what, you know, type of business you have. They'd be kind of leery when it comes to the real estate stuff. But they just typically have, have better rates and uh, smaller closing costs. That's all. I mean, you're paying less points. Uh, you know the money's going to be there. You know they, I mean, you can see how, many, how much they have in assets, especially if they're public. So you don't have to worry about them running out of money uh, during your project and things like that. And they're just typically more upfront uh, with all the fees. They have, you know, they're not private, so they have, uh, you know, federal regulations and things like that that they have to follow. But they got to be fair to everybody and offer everybody the same thing, et cetera, et cetera. And then some of them have, uh, you know, federal mandates where they have to, you know, go give credits and, and different money, you know, to land to minorities and things like that. So it can kind of help you on some of those deals. I like it. I like it. So I'll be honest, traditional funding is probably the, the easiest funding you can get because not every, not everybody's built to raise private money. Not everybody's built to have those conversations with people and look, I got this opportunity. You know, you can come in, you can make this, make that. Not everybody is built to have those conversations. So we got to be honest. So traditional funding is the easiest you can get because once you're locked in with a bank, they have all your information. So after that first deal, so you got to do is send an agreement. Sometimes they don't even pull you credit for a whole year. They pull you credit maybe once for the year. And that's it. You just send in new deals, make sure all the deals make sense. You send in your, your uh, construction quotes, you run the numbers, you can close the deal in three weeks once you're established with that bank. Um, I would say that's the easiest money to get. And then qualifications to get a, 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 a loan for working with traditional banks, 640 credit. Uh, Typically, you probably got to make on your job, depending on the size of the deal, I would say minimum thirty to 40000 a year, and you can qualify for a loan. It's just that simple. Of course, you got to have all the documents we talked about earlier, EIN number, articles of incorporation, uh, personal financial statement, last two tax returns, you need, uh, personal tax returns, you need your last two tax returns for business, sometimes three, depending on who you're going with. But that's typically the easiest and the cheapest money you can find. What's your thoughts about that, B? Man, I, I love it. I love it, man. I love the fact that you mentioned the thirty to forty thousand. Somebody making thirty to forty thousand. What's dope about that? Because I mean, if you could think about it, right? You 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 make thirty forty thousand. <clears throat> you turn around. You do a flip or two. You know what I'm saying? You make yourself a quick hundred grand. Um, bro, that's a powerful situation to be in. That's a powerful situation to be in because especially if you do right with the money. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of times, you know, we be thinking we got to do all of this extra stuff to be able to make big, big money. And we don't. Uh, let's say, for instance, if you just make 30,000 on your flip, you know, 20,000 on your flip, 
that's still I love that taking the job. Yeah, like you know, and you making that thirty, forty thousand on your job, and now you got you know an additional, you know, forty, forty, fifty thousand coming in of just pure, pure net, and that's net profit coming in. Man, that puts you in a powerful situation. Um, and I, I recommend to to do it with the with a with a nine to five. I recommend do it with the not keep the nine to five because you could take that little money that little nest egg of money and put that towards your other real estate ventures. And if you're doing what Malachi, you know, has done, you know, because Malachi, aren't you, you're doing the same flip, but you're keeping the property and taking some money on the refi, right? So you're, you're still getting that profit and you're still keeping the asset at the same time. I mean, you're talking about a, a win on top of a win. Malachi, you mind kind of breaking that down, how you got that set up when you keep the property, but you still make a profit at the end? Yeah, so essentially, um, you anything you buy or build, right, anytime you sell it, there's profit included there. And that profit is typically taxed at, you know, as ordinary income at whatever your ordinary income rate is going to be. And then on top of that, that profit from that property is going to add to what you're going to pay in taxes on your normal ordinary income that you make from your W-2 job or, or wherever. Uh, so as long as your cost, typically if you're getting good deals, and your cost basis is low enough, lower than what a cash-out refi would be, a bank or traditional lender or any lender, they'll give you 70 to 75% of the value of what you're selling. So you'll just, quote-unquote, sell it to them and pass on the profit now and just you know, as long as you're under that 75% number, you can get a free property. Or if your costs are low enough, like let's say your cost is 60%, then you got 15% profit uh, that you can make uh, from selling to the bank and you don't have to pay tax on any of it. Wow. So you mean to tell yeah. me, you mean to tell me you get the profit on a property that you keep? Correct. And then you can make the profit, you know, you can rent it out and make more money over time. Uh, but that profit that you take, you know, you're not going to pay tax on it. So keeping it, you may be at around the same amount of profit once you consider the tax implications of, you know, if I sell to somebody and I'm in the 20% tax bracket, plus the taxes go increase from where wherever I normally work at, compare what that's going to be, what you're paying tax to what you'll make just by keeping it and taking a little bit of profit from the cash out refi for the bank. Sometimes it's around in the same ballpark, but close enough to where I always think it makes sense to keep the property anyway. But I'm just saying, if you're talking about how much money I'm going to make today, you might be in the same ballpark when you consider how much you go paying taxes. I got a question with that, Malachi. How many different ways are you winning by using that strategy that you're using? I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that you win in like four to five different ways by doing this. I don't well, know what main thing is you, you keep the asset. So all of this flipping and, and turning properties over in, at the end of the day, you got to remember money is only as valuable as, as what it allows you to buy, right? So that, what, what are you going to do with those profits? That's what really matters. Am, am I going to be able to go out and buy another asset or a better one than the one that I'm giving up? Uh, you know, like am I building my stack to go out and get something bigger? In that case, it makes sense. But if I'm just flipping and turning money, paying tax on all this money, at the end of the day, I don't own anything. Wealth-wise, how, how am I really helping myself? Because my money is losing value, you know, every day, literally because of inflation. So, but you, the main way you win, you win by keeping the property. 
as a long-term asset, and now you can rent it and make more money. Then the money that you do make off the off the uh, refi, you're not paying taxes on that. Then you get all the tax breaks of being an owner. So like the same house I build, that let's say the house costs two hundred thousand um, dollars. I sell it. I don't get to depreciate any of it. So if I keep that house two hundred thousand dollars, twenty twenty five percent of that. That's a forty to fifty thousand dollar tax deduction that I can take on top today to make you know now the profits I make from renting it I don't pay tax on that either, or I can offset income uh, from something else. And then long term, the longer I hold the property, if I sell it later, you know I make more money uh, than I make selling it today. And then there's a rental income that you get uh, from being able to keep it today, or you can leverage it, you know later on. To get more money from other lenders to do more things, like it's just a lot of ways. You, it, property ownership is is just more, much more valuable than the cash in hand, in my opinion. Right. So, so you know, the same strategy that Malachi is doing. That's basically like kind of what you moving towards, too, right, bro? Yeah, absolutely. And like, what it was the reason that 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 model so attractive to you? Uh, I mean, you know, essentially, number one. When I got into real estate, I got into it to own properties and then I, you know, started wholesaling and then I started making a lot of money wholesaling and then, you know, it just got sucked in. Yeah, you get sucked into making the, the right now money. And I always tell people that wholesaling and owning property are incompatible business ventures. I'm gonna say this again. I'm gonna say this again because a lot of people are not finna hear me right now. Wholesaling, and if you want to be a successful wholesaler, listen to me and you want to own properties, those are incompatible ventures, even though it sounds like they're compatible. They're not vertically integrated. One is going this way. The other one is going this way, right? And in order to be successful, growing a portfolio while wholesaling, right? Your strategy has to switch. You have to pick a side. Either you're going to be a successful wholesaler or you're going to be a a successful property owner. Okay. Now, the reason why I say that is because when you're wholesaling, you want to make as much money as possible. And as you grow that business, that in order to grow that business, you have to reinvest in that business. And when you're reinvesting in that business, it's it creates almost like its own machine that has to be taken care of in order to grow that business. And what you'll find is that you'll get sucked into just making a ton of money. You're going to make a lot of money. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it real with you, right? I'm going to keep it real with you. You're going to make a ton of money. But at the end of the day, it's that's all it's going to be. It's just a high income. What Malachi is talking about, right, whenever you're building, that is long-term wealth. And you're going to smile at yourself a lot longer for that long-term wealth that you were able to create much longer, right? Because you're going to hold on to those properties. Now, will you be making $100,000 months? No, you're not going to be making $100,000 months. But at the end of the day, every little piece that you build is going to be setting you up for extreme wealth later down the line. You're going to have properties that are going to be worth two, three, four, five, six hundred thousand dollars by time it's time to retire. Like Malachi, 
you know, a lot of the properties that he's buying are in, in up and coming areas that it's a very strong possibility that those properties will be worth a half a million a piece by the time it's time for him to retire. Right. And those properties will be paid off by that time. Right. And they'll be worth all of this money. And, and if he wanted to sell them, he could. Or if he wanted to do another refi and let his kids deal with them, he could do that, too. That is a much powerful, much more powerful position to be in than to just be making a ton of money. And then when you look back, right, you know, whether you've, you know, hopefully you invested it right. Um, you know, if you didn't, you you, you screwed. So, yeah, I, yeah, you know. You got to look at it like uh, that's a 401k, bro. 401k and a bonus. Yeah. Like what you're doing is you got a brand new asset. You know, you're still making cash flow. And you walk away with, you know, fifteen, twenty thousand, whatever. That's tax free. So you're still yeah. like a wholesale deal and you're still making cash flow. You're still making you cash flow deal. You and, can't and, lose. And and on top of that, when you when you keep the asset, you're technically tax. you're running it, you're running a business. Now by running that business, it allows me to shift income and hire people as hire my family as employees pay my kids, put money in their accounts so it can grow tax-free, things like that. I can't do any of those strategies with money that's just sitting in the bank. Thanks. Mm. So it's a, lot of, it's a whole lot of winning going on. It's a lot of tax strategies going on. Uh, your net worth goes up. Your income goes up. I'm sure his income go up every, every month, every year. Rent increases. Uh, the debt goes down every month. So, you know, it's a, it's a lot of things that, that you can win. I want to add something to that too. You know, the, the powerful and the powerful part about building these properties from ground up instead of just buying existing assets, at least for me, if you build them in a quality fashion, my Jesus, you can build assets that you know going to stick around for a long time. Yeah. You can build you, high you quality have, assets. Shouldn't have that many issues, especially for a while. You shouldn't have no plumbing issues, everything PVC tech. Shouldn't have no electrical issues. Everything brand new. Of course, you may have some AC issues because of the weather, hurricanes, the heat. But it shouldn't be nothing major. No, maybe a little maintenance here and there. Um, shouldn't have no no leaks in the roof. It's brand new. So you know, it's a win win situation. But but even even if you do have issues, if if you documented right and took pictures right and things like that, uh, and were involved, you know where everything in the house is. So if I see something behind this wall, I know what's behind that wall. I know, I know. You put it there. I put it there. I know everything. Yeah. I should know everything about that house. If there's a problem, I, it should be easy for me to identify and easy for me to fix. What type of problems have you ran into uh, since you've been building, Melika? Have you even ran into any? Like, let's just go back to the first house that you built. How long ago was it? The first one that you rent out, yeah was my house, like, uh, 2018 or so. So 2018, that's uh, four, six years ago, right? Yeah, six years ago. Since six years ago, did you run into any major issues yet? I mean, we had hurricanes. We didn't have floods. We had a lot of natural disasters. Did you run into any, like, major issues? No, I haven't because I picked, I picked good trades up front, and I paid them more money. So I didn't I knew this was stuff that I was keeping, so I wasn't as concerned about my price per square foot being low. I wanted to make sure that I had 
uh, better material Wallet. and 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 great trades. You know, so I was willing to spend more on the important stuff like foundation and framing and things like that, uh, where I can make sure my house will last. Now, I I will notice what say what I did note, because uh, like I said, my house was the first one I built compared to the others, and and I really didn't make as big of a material upgrade or no to until I started building the rentals. And I can tell the difference as far as walking some of my walking my house and walking some of the rentals, just as far as the, the materials that, that were used in the construction of the house. I do know that. So you're saying some of the materials used for your rentals or some is better than your house? Yeah. Like, like my, my, my flooring is thicker in, in my rentals than it is in my house. And I didn't know to make it switch. You were still learning. I was still learning, yeah. But I'm saying as I walk my house, I, and, and if I walk a rental, I can I can see the difference, you know, and wow. stuff like that. Just 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 using just the materials uh, that you use. That's crazy. But you know, going back to what you said, you didn't have to make no major repairs, no major issues in eight years. I couldn't call twenty landlords and ask them <laughs> when the last time you made repairs. They're gonna sell my last month. Last eight month, years, last eight week, years, no major repairs, bro. I know I didn't had so many major repairs the last goddamn two years with all these floods and freezes and, and all that shit. I didn't have to change all new plumbing. I'm talking about underground, all new pecs, you know what I'm saying? Multiple houses. Well, the, <laughs> the, the materials now are better too. Like, you know, you got, you know, the new piping and things like that. And you also, when you do new construction, you get a, a warranty with it too, and even that even goes for your structural and foundation warranty. That's even a ten year warranty uh, that you're supposed to get on the back end. Yeah, so that's all things you got to look at. That's why I want to get the builder rent as well because I know I'm keeping these assets for the rest of my life. Why not build it? I know where everything is. I know the product is quality, and I won't have no headache with repairs. I'm good. Thanks. You know, and another thing, if you get into it, um, you know, and this is just something I'm studying now, just so I want to give some people some insight and I don't want to completely nerd it out, <laughs> but forgive me if I do, but I feel like you're going to get some value from this. But um, it's some things that I'm looking at in terms of uh, energy efficiency and making sure I'm building structures that will last, not only last a long time because of the way that they're built, but also, they're going to be extremely energy efficient. So some of the things I'm looking at, I'm looking at uh, zip sheathing, right? Looking at zip sheathing. I'm looking at making sure that I have extremely good blower door tests. If you don't know what I'm talking about, just look up blower door tests, meaning that the amount of air that's coming in and out of the, the, the building is, 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 is minimal. Um, that way that you can make sure that you're... Uh, your ACs run a whole lot more efficiently. You can have less AC per square foot, meaning that, you know, your energy bills are going to be extremely low. Um, and then I'm also looking at figuring out ways to bring in ERVs. Look that up. Um, ERVs on my properties and dehumidifiers on the properties as well in order to combat some of the, the tightness of the home. Um, now, these are new things, new technologies that I'm looking into. Uh, I'm looking into integrating this into a lot of the new things, especially the stuff that I keep, because what it allow is for your infrastructure to remain extremely 
extremely intact because it's not dealing with a lot of the in and out moisture and all of those things that kind of weaken the integrity of your property over time. And then you're also saving on those energy costs over time dramatically, right? Dramatically uh, saving. Another thing, all those major holes inside of your, 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 uh, your uh, envelope, you want to reduce those and you want to caulk those and make sure that those things, you're not dealing with all of those, you know, moisture exchanges inside of your wood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, all of these little bitty things, the things that I'm looking at from a building perspective that will allow a stick frame build to last potentially upwards of generations if you do it correctly. So these are other things that you can look into whenever you're building it yourself, right? Because you get to make those decisions. It's a beautiful thing. So I just want to add that in there. Sorry to nerd out, you know what I'm saying? But uh, these are just things that I'm looking at incorporating into my in my bills. I got a question, man. If y'all want a new construction show, man, put a, put a flame in the chat. Put a flame so it's more, in the chat. It's more to it than you think. If you put some flame in the chat, make sure y'all like the video, too. Like, yeah. like the show, man. It's been fun so far. So, Another thing I want to talk about when it comes to funding, uh, Malachi, what's, what's your take on lines of credit? That's, that's the things that our community don't talk about as much that we need to talk about. I, I love them. So y'all keep saying, you know, go to the bank and go to these places <clears throat> to get a loan. I think you should go to these places and, and get a line of credit. And then you're essentially being your own hard money lender. So mm-hmm. I, use, I use lines of credit uh and HELOCs for everything. I don't I don't I only use a loan for a construction loan or or the back end uh to fix in the permanent loan. But I use a line of credit for everything from you know acquiring the land uh and paying for costs all the way up until the end and even to pay for the new construction itself. Because with a with a, a loan you have a fixed amount that you gotta pay on it. But with the lines of credit you just pay uh pay as you use it. And you can use you can take one line from one bank and use it, you know, to pay for things at another bank. Or things like that. You can just get creative with it. So, yeah, I prefer lines of credit with as many institutions as you So, so Melika, so you, you walk in the bank, ask for a line of credit. Do you ask for uh, a minimum amount? you ask for a crazy amount? And just, so you, so you walk in the bank and say, look, is there any way I can get a $60,000 line of credit? Are you hoping to get 50, 40? Or you ask for 60, you get 60. Or sometimes they give you more than sixty. So, would you break break down that situation? Because I know some banks have a cap, some have a minimum. Most have the minimum of ten thousand. Some have a cap of a hundred thousand. So, would you break down that, uh, break down that situation? Right. So I just I just do exactly what what Los tells me to do. It was wrong every Friday. I, I was I was getting credit before that, but you know, using some of his stuff uh, it's helped me get a lot more. But essentially, I go in the bank. And I just have a packet of information. But first, I make sure the bank, uh, I look up the bank and make sure that they deal with the type of lending uh, that I'm trying to get. Uh, make sure that they have the, pro- the type of products I want so no one's wasting anybody's time. And I'll either go in the bank or cold call them. I actually speak to a business banker. Um, and I had two years of tax. It's a packet, two years of tax returns, an Excel document that has my debt to income ratio on it. Uh, a listing of all the properties I own, how much they make per month, and then like a like a, a a balance sheet essentially saying you know 
what I own today and this is uh, what my net worth is and then copy my credit report. And then I go in and ask the bank, hey, I'm looking to, you know, move some money around, looking to establish a new business relationship. Uh, this is this is my packet. This is what I got. Kind of tell me about some of your business products. And then we can see if there's a match, you know, look at my stuff. Let me know what you think. Don't pull my credit until no. we decide that we're going to transact with each other. That's, that's typically it, man. And then they come back and say, because each bank has different requirements based on, you know, what they're going to lend you based on your situation. Like, I mean, some are real risky. Some are conservative. Some don't deal with real estate at all. And I've and, and that's messed me up a few times based on um, credit pool. Based on not, not the credit pool, based on uh, my NAX code that I have on my tax return, because it, it clearly says real estate. It doesn't. So first of all, I'm not going to lie to no bank. So and I got certain reasons I can't anyway. But, um, you know, you lie to a bank that's federal fraud. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm not telling them I'm doing marketing and other stuff when I'm doing real estate. And then some banks just don't rock with real estate. And I've had them simply let me know, like, hey, we don't really rock with real estate right now. It's kind of risky for us or whatever. So but, you know, the the NAX code, some people put different NAX codes on there and then tell them different reasons like it's for expansion or whatever, whatever. I'm always honest and upfront with the banks and I tell them exactly uh, what I'm going to use their money for. And after the conversation, if if they rock with real estate, we, we typically can make something happen. And if they don't, you know, it's on to the next and I want to highlight that too, what he just said um, about banks rock, rocking with real estate, rocking with trucking, rocking with construction. Um, <clears throat> I've talked to a few bankers. And the way a lot of that works is some banks like to have a certain amount of different things on their books, books like a mixed portfolio. An and so when they have too much real estate, they want to reduce that. Right. If they have too much construction, they want to reduce that. So it's not that they just don't fool with this particular product. It's just they want to have diversity in the products that they have on their books at any given time. Right. Because, you know, because if it's too much here, then it may get a little risky. If it's too much there, it may get a little risky. So they like to diversify. Right. So, uh, and that's always changing. That's always changing. So what Malachi is saying, you know, when you're going out, you're cold calling these banks is critical that you had those conversations to find out exactly what they want to invest in. And if, and if, you know, let's say if that bank has too much real estate on the books, they may want to reduce that. Right. Cool. I'm going to go down the street and go to somebody else. Right. You know, who cares? So what, who's next? Right. At the end of the day, like we going on and we moving on to something else. Um, so I just want to highlight that, but he, he, here's the thing. Yeah. yeah what he said, really, really, really the first step is researching the bank. Correct. Researching the bank and, and and seeing what products they have and what and what type of aptitude they have to lend to your business. Correct. So so it's up it's up to us as borrowers to ask questions, do upfront research, do the work. Instead of just walking in there, hey, pull my credit. What can y'all do for me? You should you should be able to know by doing your research what type of products they provide. No, it you don't have to do business no, with the bank. It ain't, it ain't, it's, it's, I just want to note this. It's, it's not the attitude of, of what can you do for me? It's, I'm tight. How can, <laughs> what do you have for me? Yeah. Not what can you, That's I don't true. need you. I, I, I'm, you I'm need me. For, I, I'm looking for a banking relationship. I can take my business anywhere. This is what I got. What can you do for me? How can we work together? Tell me about your products. And I'm going to tell you, if, oh, nah, you ain't got nothing I like. So I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I'm on to the next one. I, I'm I'm the prize, homie. Facts. Yeah. <laughs> Facts. Yeah, you the That's product though, because without you, they ain't making no money. You know, they Facts. they need a little money. You, you, you need my deposit. That's a fact. And listen, I want I want to shout out Dunn in the building because you know we talking about assets, we're talking about ownership, and a lot of times when we're dealing with just ownership in general, we forget that ownership is is, is twofold, right? It is what you own, <laughs> and it's also what you owe. And and if the if the O if the O is in, is is too imbalanced with the amount of own, you, you could potentially have yourself a problem, and your asset, right, can potentially be a liability if you don't have that own ownership ratio set up the right way. And so I always, 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 always am excited about done coming on here and sharing some of his particular uh, 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 knowledge on these kind of things, because as investors, as investors, as we're looking to grow, as we're looking to own more, as we're looking to, to, to have a higher net worth. Is net worth important? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Linda's look at that. Linda's look at that worth. Mm-hmm. Net worth matters, right? Cash flow matters. And the way you ensure that you're going to have a certain level of cash flow, the way you ensure that you're going to have a higher net worth, you need to make sure that you tap in the ice10k.com. Go to ice10k.com. And you want to get yourself a savings and earnings report right here. How much that costs to get, uh, uh, how much that costs to get done? It's it's uh free ninety nine. It's free ninety nine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everybody should get one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what you want to do is you want to go ahead and get you a, a a savings and earnings report for free, right? So you can understand the importance of not just ownership but net worth. Net worth is important. Net worth is critically yeah. important. I want to um let's let's queue up. Let's queue up uh um. Let's queue up that the commercial real quick because I want to I want to run this and see exactly what my guy oh my god I got to say about that. Let's let's go ahead and um, um, queue up. Listen ET. to me, y'all. But one of his mentees took us through one of their programs, and I paid off my mortgage. But guess what happened? My marriage went to a whole nother level, and you know why? Because my wife is a security freak. And even when I blew up, my wife would be like, oh, you blew up, but how long is you going to keep making this kind of money? I was like, I don't know, forever. <laughs> She's like, you sure? Because I'm going to keep my license as a nurse, just in case you don't. So when I paid the house off, my boy was like, you ain't got to do that, you can do this. But when I paid the house off using that program, it took the stress level all the way down from my wife because we no longer had a mortgage. Does that make sense? That thing that was coming every month that was getting on our nerves, we didn't have that no more. And so she was at rest. I want you to imagine with me real quick before we move on to uh, Don. I want you to imagine being in a situation where you, you've done the work, you've made the investments, you've held on to some properties. You are in a space to where, you know, let's say you, you have a good nine to five, right? 
And um, but you 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 require yourself 50, you know, maybe let's say 10, 10, 20, 30 assets that you own. And let's just say, for instance, hypothetically speaking, you own these things free and clear because you were able to tap in with somebody like a Don and um and figure out a way to pay those things off. And you have positive cash flow coming in every single month. Um, from those assets, you got, you know, a gross income, maybe let's just say 10, 20,000 coming in a month, gross income. And let's say you're profiting out of that. I don't know, maybe five, 6,000, you know what I'm saying? Um, and, or maybe even more if you own them free and clear. What kind of dignity, right? What kind of dignity of an retirement would that be for you to know that you have this income coming in every single month? Everything is paid for, right? And, you know, and the beauty of this is, let me tell you the beauty. This is the, this is the beautiful part. And these, these are things that I've learned from other entrepreneurs. Let's say, for instance, right? Instead of leaving those free and clear assets to your kids, you get you some new debt on them, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you get you some new debt on them and let those kids figure out a way to pay those things off over time, right? And teach them how to be real entrepreneurs. And you have that, that, that income, debt, listen to me, tax-free, this is new debt, tax-free, that you can really go out and live your life. And then guess what else? You still own the property. Guess your what? Kids are still set take up. A, you you got to take a step further. And when you get old, take all that cash out. Now you got your liquid. Mm. Now you got life insurance. So when you Ooh. die, they pay it off again. They pay it off again. And they can leverage it again. Mm. And then just keep going. That's how the rich get rich. My Jesus. Yeah. That's why you got <laughs> to have all your ducks in a row. I Like, when I was, I, I dropped something on my Instagram probably like two weeks ago. When I was 21, I built my first house. The market was 158. A month later, I got an insurance policy for 160. So if I'd have died, house would have been paid off. I did this at 21. They got people to hit at 60 if they ain't got this figured out. They got people to hit at 40 if they ain't figured out. So, man, go leverage your life insurance. The life insurance is $43 a month. Mm. No? <laughs> now it's 21. You know, a lot of y'all having sex on the club. I'm thinking about the future. Wow. You can still have sex go to the club, but you got to think about the future, too. Man. I'm not that. Don, what you think about that? That's a heck of a play. <laughs> I mean, you got to think, you got to think beyond what we've been given. You know, I had a guy call me up. He read my book. He called me up. He, he's got a business here. Well, he's got several businesses here in Huntsville. And uh, he, everybody knows him. So when he called me, uh, and said who he was, I, I thought he was playing. I thought it was somebody kidding me. I said, why would he be calling me? All right. So um, he read the book and he's got, you know, he's got this 
two million dollars uh, in um, got two million dollars in um, uh, debt on a couple of buildings. They're they're office buildings, and so he wanted to know what he could do about that. He's making plenty of money on it. In fact, I got the example. You know, one of those. Um, the, the savings reports you guys were talking about, I got an example right here on the screen. Let's pull it up. Yeah. So he's got $2,236,000 in debt on this building. Here's his cash flow on, here's, here's, here's how much money he's making on the rents, on average, on these buildings. Okay. $57,800. The mortgage payments are only $14,696. Oh, he said, you can't touch this money. Thirty six thousand six eighty six sixty seven. I read your book, but you can't touch this money to, you know, pay down the debt. I, I re I'm reinvesting this money right away. He puts this money to work. He puts this money, 11, 11.2% of what he's bringing in. He puts that into a reserve fund for repairs and maintenance. He's got over $100,000 in that in that in that fund. Okay? So, I'm going to show him how the bank he now he's looking at how much the bank wants in interest on that loan. $1,123,000. If he wants to, now he won't want to, but if he wants to, he can only pay, if he wanted to, he can bring that down to $231,000. You know what interest rate he would have to have to pay this little amount of interest on those loans? How much? 0.67%. My Jesus. That's saving him $891,000. Okay? That's if he wanted to pay it off. Instead of 21 years, he could pay it off in 4.9 years. And all the money I get to use is this little bit of money over here. Okay. So give you an example of what we're talking about there. Let me pull this up. This is just one of the loans. Okay. $1,400,000. $1,400,000. And this is the play he's making. Instead of trying to pay the buildings off, instead of trying to pay the buildings off, I showed him one move. And he just went crazy. I said, um, you're putting about $6,000 a month into this fund. What if you were to take, this is cumulative principal and this is cumulative interest. Every time he makes a payment, that much goes to principal, this much goes to interest. Okay? So in one year, $30,699 would go to principal. 70 it cost him $73,000 in interest to do this. He wasn't looking at this before. Why? Because he's making over 50,000 <laughs> and his and his debt is only $14,000 a month. He was looking at cash flow only. He's looking at interest as something that, you know, he could take off on his taxes. He didn't look at it as something he could save. So when I pointed out you know, you're going to pay this down by 30000 anyway. Could you take some money out of that account that's making one-tenth of 1%, apply it to principal, 
be paid down to line 12 here in one month and save this 70 grand in interest? Whole, whole new, whole new uh, thing uh, uh, opened up. He says, you know what? What if I decided that I didn't want to pay off the building? And then we go back here, take a look at page two, and start out here with the pill method. And in two years, pay it down to 1.4. That's $800,000 in equity. And now he says, why don't I just refinance it at that point? Mm. Mm. I'll get a line of credit. Either one. I'll get a line I'll, of credit. You'll get a line of credit. Yes. And keep that loan. And keep mm. it. So it's 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 you were talking about net worth. Do you know how long it would take him to get eight hundred thousand dollars in equity? Mm. You, doing it, you know, doing it the doing it the bank's way, paying it long oh, down by eight hundred thousand. So here's what we're doing. This is well to to be able to facilitate that. If we put like thirty thousand on here, we can't keep using up his reserve fund. So if we got thirty thousand dollars, put it on the loan, save seventy grand in interest. How long would it take him to put that $30,000 back at $6,000 a month? Five months? Yeah, about five yeah. months. Five months. So five months, he's just going to make the regular payments. One, two, three, four, five. Okay? Regular payments for five months, and then... Drop another Drop 30 grand on it <laughs> and knock off another year and another $70,000. And this is this, this is the process by which he can get that equity faster and cheaper because every real estate investor I know says, I, I bought it for this. I sold it for that. Or I read, or I, I, um, cash out refied it for this. This is how much money I made. None of them say, this is how much interest I paid to get that. To pay That's this thing, to pay this loan down, normally just, but let's say, let's say $340,000, okay? Now I got $340,000 in equity, but it cost me $600,000 to get it. Mm. That ain't no fun. Mm. Hell no. So what we're doing now is showing real estate investors how they can leverage the bank's money, okay? Keep the debt, but get that equity cheaper and faster by using dormant money. But we but what we're not doing is impeding the investor's ability to invest right away. We're not taking investment money and paying down the loan. What I like about this is, what I like about this <laughs> is that instead of saving that money in expenses, you'd be better off 
spending that Investing money back. to get to get cheaper money and then using the 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 credit that you can to for unknown expenses. Yeah, there you go. You can use the you can use the credit to get a lot of credit for absolutely emergency expenses. For emergency expenses. That's a better your the amount of money you're paying better use of over money. 30 years is not worth the amount that you would save to be able to get a line of credit to do the same thing. You see, Byron, that is the old thinking. The reason why people don't want to borrow to to do that is because they don't want to pay the interest. Well, but the what interest saying, is way cheaper. It's way cheaper. They don't, but they do don't see that. it. You you can see it now. I can see it. <laughs> the interest you borrow to fix something, the money you the money you borrow to fix something, the interest is way cheaper than the interest you're paying on the loans. My Jesus. So borrow that money. <laughs> My Jesus. And listen, that is a that is an arbitrage play all day. Hmm. What you think about that, Oak? I love it. I think it's a better use of money. You paying down debt the same money you were saving, but you're saving it for no reason. Like you're saving it for future expenses when you can put that money on your loan, game or equity, you can just get a lot of credit for the future expenses. And when you're working on a project that's multiple millions of dollars, one thing that is required is that you keep cash in reserve. Oh, yeah. It's required that you keep cash in reserve. And it's just sitting there. Yep. <laughs> and you're building on it. You can leverage that cash because you can take a piece out of it and then put it back. <laughs> but you can kill a lot of interest on those loans. And especially, and especially in some of these situations, some of these builders are getting um, interest-only loans. Mm to increase yeah. cash flow during this time. Malachi, what's your thoughts on not just that play, but the insurance play? The having those assets close to free and clear and then pulling that money out tax-free to be able to do whatever you need to do in your latter years. What what's your, what's your take on that play? I, I like to play as long as I have the insurance on the back end uh, to pay it off. And Absolutely. As, Al, as Al always tells me, which I still haven't done yet, uh, uh, he, he always notes if you have parents that are still alive, seeing if one of your parents are okay with you paying the extra cost to get policies on them now. Hell yeah. It's going to be more expensive, but it's worth it if you got some siblings. So if you got the extra money. Yeah. But, you know, because I hate to say it, but let's just say that, you know, they get a little older, they may die in the next 10 years. You know what I'm saying? If you and a sibling put insurance, y'all may be paying three hundred dollars a month, but it may be three hundred three hundred dollars a month for a million dollars. Facts. I think it's worth. Look at him, man. I think it's worth. I got insurance on my parents. <laughs> both, both of them. Both of them. <laughs> both of them. I still, I, I still to... don't, but we we've had the conversations. Uh, and Why is I, that an ugly conversation? We need to have that conversation. Why is that such an ugly conversation in the black community? That is not an ugly conversation in other communities. <laughs> that should be a part of life conversation. Like, what does it matter anyway? If I'm dead, I'm dead. 
know what I'm saying? Why why you think it's ugly though? Why why you think it's an ugly conversation, Malachi, since you say you don't have it? Because people think that somebody gonna try to set them up and kill them. Yeah, folks, the money yeah, folks are like, Oh, you you trying to get money off me now? You trying to get yeah. money off me when I'm gone? <laughs> like 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 what's going well two reasons. A A one, some people might think you're trying to get money off me when I'm gone. So like what what's going on with that? B, uh uh like O said about siblings, right? So if I got to have this conversation, now I got to have a conversation of who's paying for this policy. Is this policy going right. for everybody? Is this policy going for people who didn't pay? You know, mm. who gets what? There's, there's, who gets what when, when mama and daddy gone is just a conversation a lot of people try to avoid in general because they don't, you know, they don't want, want it to be unfair to somebody. But, like, that policy got to be paid for. That house that they mama have that left, the taxes on this, somebody got to pay it. You know, all of these things ain't free. And who, who divvies up the cost and who divvies up the what, what we reap off of those costs uh, when we capitalize on it. I that's, can promise you this, uh, Malachi. What's the worst conversation is who's paying for the funeral. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. Who who, who yep. chipping in for the, for, for the funeral? Yeah. Nobody want to chip in for that. But everybody yeah, yeah. want to make decisions of where the money going. <laughs> Who making the dinner place that we can sell to be able to raise the money to pay for the funeral? Mm-hmm. Huh? That's why you, you got, got the be chicken. Before you got it the chicken. You got the potatoes. The mashed potatoes. Huh? Yeah. That's a hell of a goal. <laughs> That's a hell of a goal. Listen, we're talking about securing the funds. We're talking about securing the funds. Um, listen, this has been a valuable conversation valuable conversation. Um, And what I like about it more than anything is we're not just telling you how to secure funding, but we're telling you how to be the person, how how to be the entrepreneur, the mature entrepreneur who knows how to not only secure the funding, but know how to be the person worthy of securing the funding. That's just as important. A lot of times we think about just uh, securing the funding. No, 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 no. You need to have a viable money-making uh, uh, opportunity worthy of securing the funding first. And I'm a firm believer, make money for, on that for, idea that you're talking for, about. Make money on it before not, you not, start not, asking not, for money. Would you say, uh, Malachi? With the loan, yes. With the line of credit, no. Go secure but, the line of credit even if you don't have no objective. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Project well, I, I see I see the line of credit as more of a, uh, what you call that. That's you preparing yourself to be that entrepreneur, period. Like, you you know, you need to just have them lines of credit just in general, right? Um, That's kind of like your, your nine to five. That's kind of like your nine to five being your first investor. Um, That line of credit is still based on you, right? So most definitely, but but I, I just I'm a firm believer. Make you some money first, so you can get that proof of concept first. Even if it's a small amount of money, it don't have to be a lot of money. I think a lot of times people be thinking we got to hit home runs. You don't have to hit a home run. You can make you two three thousand dollars. But when you it's something about that proof of concept money that just hit different. Oh, what you think about that? Yeah. But we're talking about it. The most important thing is actually using the information to put into place. Man. You know, when you 
after you leave the show today, you should be figuring out having this conversation about life insurance, having those conversations, checking your credit score, annualcreditreport.com, seeing where your credit is. Go and ask these lenders, hey, you know, what what do I need? What kind of qualification do I need to get this line of credit? Because, um, you, you know, some a lot of people here can go get $15,000, $20,000, $25,000 lines of credit. You just didn't know. Like, you have everything that they're looking for. You just didn't go make the move. So you just got to start putting that work in. And uh, like, like a lot of regional banks offer lines of credit, like twenty five, thirty thousand. 30000 You know what I'm saying? So get as many as possible so you can be set up in position. Whenever you have a deal, you already got the money. Like Malachi said, you can be your own lender. You see a plot of land, 10000 You know if you build a house, it'd be worth one fifty. dollars Might as well go snag that piece of land. Build later. Citizens Trust Bank. Uh, based in Louisiana, just moved to Houston. It's a black bank, uh, right? Black bank, yeah. They just moved to Houston. Uh, they got a billion dollars in assets, and and now will probably be the easiest time in Houston to get lending from them uh, when they're trying to enter a new market than any other time. Best mm. time, the black you bank heard too. That. Yeah, I think they only got two branches in New Orleans and, and Houston. I've already pulled them up. They in Chicago too. Pull up already by. Yeah, 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 yeah. They pulled up. What are we talking about, bro? What are we talking about? Oh, this citizens don't trust bank right here. Given. Don't just take the information given that you. You gotta go use. Is this citizen trust right here, Valakai? It's the one. It's the one based in New Orleans. They got another one, I think, out of Missouri. Look for the one in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Cool. Citizens bank landed. Go to uh, go to contact and location. Top right. That's your, that's a. Go to the bottom. I don't think that's them. Okay, that's Georgia. Trust. No, that's them. I see the logo at the top. Yeah. Marlon Luther King Drive. Marlon Luther King Drive, GA. Yeah, they got a bunch of them. Yeah. They got a bunch yeah, of them. Marlon Luther King Drive. That's just, you know. Yeah, you know what you know what they you need. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah, man. I think it started in New Orleans, though. I'm not mistaken. Citizens Trust Bank. Yeah, go get the go 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 get you some funding. You know, go get you some funding. Go run a play. And at the end of the day, you know, even if it's just doing that flip, right? Doing that one little investment a year, uh, two a, a year, make you a quick twenty, thirty thousand on top of what you're already doing, right? And you're building up uh, that net worth. Man, that's 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 the that's the game. That's the game. And you don't have to be doing a lot to be able to make that happen for yourself, to make a quick extra six figures on the side. You don't have to be doing a lot. Don't have to be doing a lot to make that happen. Um, so if if you don't if you don't leave this conversation with nothing else, I, I truly believe that everybody on this call, if you have the acumen, if you have the acumen and if you care about the real estate, and real estate ain't everything and ain't for everybody, but I do believe. It's possible to just flip a couple of deals, um, whether you're keeping them or selling them and make yourself uh, an additional 50 to 100 grand a year. That's dope. That's dope. Yeah. You got something to show? Uh, yeah. Before we get out of here, man, I'm just go over a few different stuff along. I know a lot of people have different businesses here. We probably have another show about it. Uh, this is different loans you can get. They got different type of loans. So they got term loans and basically a regular loan, term, fixed finances. Uh, pros of that, 
Get cash up front, invest in your business, fix monthly payments, offer stability to help you improve cash flow, grow your business over time. May allow you to borrow a higher amount other than small business loans. All right, cons. If you want the lowest rates for the longest terms, terms may be difficult to qualify for. May require personal guarantee or the collateral costs may vary. Term loans from online lenders typically carry a higher costs than those from traditional banks. Of course, they got SBA loans. You got to show about it. Probably got another show about it. You need to start utilizing SBA loans more often. Pros, low rates, low amounts up to I mean, loan amounts up to 5.5 million, loan repayment terms. They got a lot of terms that's 30 years. That's, that's the gym. Cons, hard to qualify for long and rigorous application process. You know, it is what it is. Business lines of credit, y'all should all know what that is. We talk about that a lot. Pros, flexibility, way to borrow, revolving access to funds, typically unsecured, so no collateral is required. Cons may carry additional costs such as maintenance fees and draw fees, strong revenue, and credit required. Equipment loans. You know, a lot of people I know, um, Dan want to, I think he's going to start a plumbing business. You know, this may be something you can do. Um, so equipment being purchased also serves as collateral for a loan. Equipment lenders may understand nuances of uh, finance and large equipment as opposed to traditional small bank lenders. Cons, some equipment lenders require down payment. Equipment may uh, depreciate faster than the length of your financing. Invoice factoring, invoice financing. So invoice factoring is if you get Let's just say invoices with a trucking company. You can get invoice factoring. They can pay you faster than it would you wait in 39 days. Uh, invoice financing. Let's just say you have a lot of invoices. You can get financing based off those invoices that you have. You got, of course, you got merchant cash advances, fast cash, flexible requirements, personal loans for business. I know what that is. Business credit cards, of course, and then micro loans. That's a big one that a lot of people don't know about. Micro loans typically offered by small lenders who provide other services such as consulting and training, accessible to borrowers facing credit challenges and other barriers to bank loans. Times, rates are typically higher than traditional banks. Micro lenders can be tricky to find. But it's a big one for the people that have um, not the best credit. They have people out there that will give you. So make sure you all check out micro loans. Uh, typically loans is five hundred to 50000 You know, A lot of us can use it, especially if you've got some business. You can use that money for different things. So. We wanted to share that before we got out of here. Absolutely. They, they, they forgot one. What's Which that? one? HELOCs. If you, are, HELOCs. if you are responsible, if you are responsible, because your house is at risk, but if you are responsible, your house is an asset, property values are still at a point now where they're very high, uh, you can go get a HELOC that can last up to 10 years based on the high property value of your house today. Hmm. The best time is to get it now. The interest rates will be a little high, but at the same time, your value is probably the highest that it's ever been probably, you know, at this moment. Right, and the interest rates are variable, so when they dip again, they'll, they'll go down. But it's, like you said, it's about capturing that high value now. And another Correct. thing I want to highlight, too, is each loan product, right, works best for different investment strategies, right? So let's say for HELOC, you may do shorter-term turnaround assets, right? So things that you could turn around in a year or so, um, you know, you may not want to do any long term projects with a HELOC. You know, maybe you do. It just kind of depends, you know, but if it's a quick flip, that'd be a perfect play for something like that because you can get in, get out. Um, it's just so many different things. OK, so Janine Ford with PNC. Janine, you should have been on the you should have been on the call today. Yeah, talking to PNC. Huh? 
Yeah, you know what I'm saying? We won't be moving no stingy energy when we could be sharing the game. Janine, what we got going on? Let's be, you got to let me find out you a PNC plug. Yeah. See, see, funny, funny story about that. PNC is the bank that just rejected me because they told me they don't fuck with real estate. Mm. Maybe if I would have talked to Janine, see, maybe I'd have had a different answer. She would have did the oopie doop. You see what I'm talking about? The oopie doop on the next code. You know, Janine, we got to talk about it. You know, yeah. and, and, and going going back to the HELOC, uh, the examples what you said. I use my HELOC to build. That's where I get my funding from. Mm. It's a beautiful so thing. To, to, to float the whole project, get your lumber packages all that. Pay your, pay your I, can, I, I can, because the, the construction loan pays on the back end. You need money to pay on the front end until the construction loan comes. So if interest rates are high, I'll, I'll use whatever's lower. If, if the interest rate on the HELOC is lower than what it is on the line of credit, which it often is, I rock with the HELOC. Mm. I love it. Me too, man. It was a great show, man. I hope y'all got a lot of value. I had, I got a lot of value. Tons. Funding piece is important. You can make or break a deal. Uh, Funding is important, especially when you're trying to make something happen. You know, you're trying to go to the next level in life and you just can't figure it out. Sometimes you got to pay to play. And it's the cost of doing business. Sometimes that cost is worth it to get you in a different position. But once you get in a different position, you make that money. It's important that you take that money and invest, your, invest in yourself to get yourself prepared to get better funding deals, you know, better funding, uh, better interest rates, lower interest, I mean, lower uh, points. So you, you take the risk in the beginning. You know, you may get the horrible interest rates. You may get the horrible loan. But once you get that profit, it's time to start investing that profit to yourself to, to make to build yourself up to get better funding so you can make more money for you and the family. But um again, everything that we covered, man, is important that you do your own research and take action on it. Set yourself up for later. Got any final words, bro? I want uh, uh Janine, can you put your email in the chat, please? That's all I want to know. Can you put your email in the chat? We gotta talk. Yes, indeed. Um, I wanna say this, man. I think we all you know, especially my folk on here that had that nine to five, that good nine to five, and you looking to just make you some extra bread so you can start uh, using that nine to five and that extra side hustle to fund a lot of these ventures. I, I just think that, you know, figure out a way to make you an additional 50 to $100,000 a year, 50 to $100,000 a year on top of that nine to five. That's it. I'm not asking you to do none, none, none crazy. Special. Yeah, yeah, none, none crazy. You ain't got to make a million dollars. No, 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 no. Normal, we need to normalize that too, though. Yeah. Extra 50 to 100,000. Don't think it's impossible. That shit yeah. is very possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just, just 50 to 100,000 in addition to your nine to five. You ain't got to grow the business out to nothing. You ain't got to. You ain't got the uh, what you call it, scale nothing. Don't scale a bitch ass thing. Just simple. Look, let me, let me explain something. To you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just make fifty to a hundred damn thousand dollars. That's it. That's it. You, how can you do that? You pick you a good deal, right? And you, you, you flip that deal, maybe, or you, you do whatever it is. I don't want to just pigeonhole you in the real estate, but I truly believe that you can make 
that 50 to $100,000. That's it. Take that money and then start putting it in the bigger plays, putting it in the bigger plays, putting it in the bigger plays. And trust me, you when you when you learn how to do that, you're going to have all kind of lenders calling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to be the prize. You remember how Malachi was saying that he the prize when he go to the, to the lenders. Yeah, yeah. You will be the prize when you go into the lenders because they know that you have a proven track record of producing income. And a lot of times we get caught up in trying to hit the million dollar lick and that million, it may not be time for the million dollar lick. Your life may not even be set up for the million dollar lick because here's the thing. That million dollars a year in annual they income for grand is a lot of work. It's hits. a lot of work. Need a few base hits. Just some base hits. Oh, listen, yeah. you get you a couple of base hits consistently every single year. Trust me, money won't be a problem for you. You're going to have a level of confidence that's going to be out the roof because you're going to know that you can, at the end of the day, bet on yourself to do this, that, and the third. Mm -hmm. You can bet Somebody on yourself. a good question. What if I don't have talent? Real estate don't require talent. Mm -mm. Real estate don't require no talent. You ain't got to be the smartest. You ain't got to have no degrees. Uh, just numbers. And talking to people. That's it. It is talking. basic math. It ain't hard. And seeing stuff through. Yeah. Can't quit. Being consistent. And if you, you know, you're doing rehab and like, you don't even have to be that consistent because you can get other people to send deals to you. You, know, you can get agents to send you off-market deals. You can get a lot of wholesalers to send you deals. So, you ain't even got to be consistent with your marketing. You definitely don't have to have talent to do real estate. You ain't even got to be smart, honestly. You could have, you can, you could have been in jail five, six times, eight felonies, and still make money. Facts. I know Nobody a couple felons that have made a bunch of money. You got to understand, like, you know, and it was funny, man. We was talking to Welby. You know, Welby. He's a high earner flipper. You know what I mean? He made millions like in a year just flipping houses. Um, and um, that's possible. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you. Making a million dollars flipping houses, making a million dollars in anything is going to take an incredible amount of discipline, intentionality, resources. And that may not be for everybody. And I, listen to me. Don't listen, don't get caught up in what social media considers success. Hit you a couple base hits, right? Little by little. And before you know it, you're going to be doing more than most people you know. You're going to have a nest egg bigger than most people you know. And more than anything, you gonna have a certain level of confidence that you can bet on yourself. You know, at the end of the day, you push you into any wall, put you on any place on the planet and you can produce yourself, yourself an additional 50 to a hundred grand. That's powerful. That's powerful. You know, we gotta, we gotta, you know, normalize it. Yeah. You just making an extra hundred thousand, you're in a whole different area. Most people ain't making a hundred thousand. We gotta keep it real. Most Facts. people not making over a hundred thousand dollars. So you just make, have to go buy and say 50 to a hundred thousand dollars extra. You in the top pilot. 10% of the world. Nah, probably top 20 in the world. So make yourself a little bit more money. Yeah. Oh, you got to do. Yeah. With that being said, you know, um, if you don't have, you know, yourself a nice CRM, 
and you're looking to grow your company, scale your company, you definitely want to tap in with Taskify. Taskify is what I know. Oh, you, you, what, what, what you think about Taskify? Oh, love it. Easy, easy to operate because I'm not, I'm not computer savvy. So, Spend a lot of text through it, emails, um, follow up with people, do drip campaigns. So I can, um, I can email. I, can, I mean, I can text somebody for damn near the whole year and not actually send a text myself. It just automatically sends. And I can follow up with them. So I was talking to uh, somebody yesterday. For all the people that got a tax company, this y'all time of the year. Like I have a new, I have a new student. She got a tax company, but I was like, how do you keep track of those people? She had no way to keep in track. She said no book. So if you have any type of business, you got to have a CRM because you have to stay in touch with these people. You got to say happy birthday, happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and boom, tax season here again. If you're not keeping track of the people that you did taxes last year, you're going to lose some people and you're going to gain some people. The thing in business is you want to keep your people and gain people. If you keep losing people and gaining people, you're staying at 100 clients. You got to be growing to 120, 140, 160, 100. You know, you got to keep growing your clients. If you have no way of tracking them, keeping in touch with them, they'll always find another person to do the tax. Because you're not fresh on their mind. That's all you got to do. You got to keep track of your clients, stay in touch with your clients, and keep your name in front of them at all times. You know, that's what you got to do. That's what any business The data is everything. You are not working the data, somebody else is gonna work it for you and take your data and take your client, take your customer. That's my thoughts about it, Byron. It's a good it. way to uh keep in touch with your people. I love it. Shout out my guy Luby G in the building, man. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. But yeah, with that being said, man, listen, man. I hope y'all enjoyed today's show. Make sure you like, comment, and subscribe and share the show, man. Don't move with stingy energy. Don't like, move with stingy energy. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. You know, if you ain't hit the like button in a few minutes, go ahead and hit it right now. Go ahead and hit it right now. Yeah, don't, don't, don't be shy. It guess what? You're gonna hit it and it ain't gonna even hit your back. Listen, it's the only, it's the only button you can hit and it ain't gonna hit your back. Just go ahead and hit it right now. And uh Malachi I say you got one more thing to add. We'll get out there. Yeah, Malachi, go ahead. You know. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, one one last thing. So since we talk about going to get lending, um, they, the banks will lend you more money based on how much income you report on your tax return. We're still in the land of bonus depreciation. Mm. It was down to 80 percent last year. Uh, the House right now or, or they're trying to vote to extend it back to 100 percent from 2023 retroactively going to 2025. So on your taxes, anything that you bought in your business, equipment, uh, any anything in, in anything you bought in the business that has a useful life of greater than one year and less than twenty years, do not expense it on your tax returns. Depreciate it because the banks will add depreciation back to make your net income higher. So ask mm. your accountant, do I have anything? Show him everything you bought last year. Ask your accountant, does anything in here qualify for a useful life of over one year? And if it does, have your accountant take that out of the expense column on your taxes and put it in the depreciation column and take 100 percent depreciation on that. If Congress, if they pass this law, extended 100 percent depreciation retroactively to 2023, it was 80 percent to 20 in 2023. So run the numbers, 80 percent 
when added back to your income number might still work in your favor. It just depends. My but Jesus. but pay attention to that piece. My Jesus. Well, let me tell you, when Malachi Man. say he got one more thing, he got one more thing, don't he? Oh? Drop it and he out of there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a hell of a thing to drop. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Listen, shout out to Matilda in the building, one of our members. We appreciate every last one of our members. Mm-hmm. Shout out to you. Especially the ones that hit the like button. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, man, we are, yeah, yeah. Oh, you want to break it down? Yeah, man. Uh, so look, make sure y'all want to join the family. Next to the subscribe button. So after you hit subscribe, hit the join button. They got three different levels. You can join the family. They got legacy, visionary, trailblazers. Whichever one fit your current situation, man. Go ahead and click and join it. You're welcome to have you. Welcome to send you in your family. Next next Thursday. Well, this Thursday, I'm sorry. We're going to be talking about AI, man. AI. You know, AI is damn near taking over. So if you're not going to get with it, you're not going to learn about it, it's going to take over. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's going to take over. Just like the iPhone took over, and a lot of old people don't know how to use the iPhone. You don't need to be that person and, when it comes NVIDIA to stock is going crazy too. That's taking over too. Listen, if you ain't got no money parked over there, you may be slipping. No. We're gonna be dropping uh talking about AI on Thursday, so make sure y'all tune in. If you don't know much about it, you can know a lot about it. It's the place to be on Thursday, 6 30 a.m. Central Standard Time. We'll be here. Of course, we'll be consistent. And uh with that being said, we out, man. Y'all have a good day. Go make some money. Go talk to these banks, pull your credit report. I think we should be getting some reports Thursday. Somebody got some lines of credit. Somebody got some new loans. Man, I'll report back if y'all use the stuff we're talking about. And again, do your own research. Just because we said it don't mean it's true. You got to do your own Thanks. research. You know, and uh, go holler at these banks. Man, the banks got money to, to live. You know, you the, you the prize. So go out there. Don't let them pull your credit. Have a conversation. If they fit what you're looking for, that's all you got to do. Ask as many questions as possible. Don't don't qualify for a loan, sign on a loan, and then ask questions after because it's too late. Ask questions before. And then uh, that being said, we out, man. You have a good day. Peace. What's up, y'all? So most people struggle with sales. A lot of us in real estate, and we struggle with our sales. We struggle with follow-up. We struggle with leads. And we're just basically missing out on deals. For me, I just got on Taskify CRM. They send messages out for you. And look, a lot of us have work. When you get off of work, you have hot leads ready for you. Make sure you check out Taskify CRM. I'm telling you, it automatically replies for you. And look, it sends you multiple messages. Like we're talking about drip, drip campaigns, so you're not missing up on the lead follow-up. So make sure you check out Taskify CRM. Use coupon code NoStingyEnergy to get 10% off. I'm about to show you all inside my CRM so I can see how it really works. Make sure you check it out. Peace.